1: TalkShoot, oh, recorded live.
2: Welcome to the Thursday Night's Triumph Over Targeting Podcast. I'm your moderator, Ella. Tonight we have a very interesting guest. Um, before we get to him, I would like to let you know that if you're new to the call, please stay on and we will get you some additional support, some talk shoe podcast numbers, and some helpful links and websites. This is a solutions and educational-based podcast, but the views and opinions of my guests are not necessarily my own personal views and opinions. My goal is that everyone can obtain something out of tonight, especially a feeling of empowerment. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, or especially if you're in need of some additional support, please don't hesitate to email me at tiangel2016 at gmail.com. So, um, I'd like to welcome Brian Coffrin, a.k.a. Justin Carter, former security specialist to the podcast. Welcome.
3: Hi, Ella. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here.
2: Okay, so... A little intro, a little bio on you. Brian was previously employed by security industry specialists, a private security company that states they provide unique security solutions to some of the most successful names in business. And their clients include Fortune 500 companies, designer brands, international events, celebrities, and high-profile executives. This company has an office in Seattle, Washington, where Brian was employed, a company that has a contract with Amazon Corporation, which is headquartered in Seattle, Washington, as well. It was on Amazon property where he became privy to a massive social engineering project that was taking place. Ryan believes this is a cover for a highly classified research program that tests technologies such as voice to skull, emotional manipulation, and total individual control technology. And you state the social engineering program we will be discussing involves the federal government of the United States of America, the intelligence agencies, private security contractors, and some of the largest corporations in America. And it also may include local and state police and social programs within the inner cities. Um, And Brian left because he could no longer in good conscience work for a corrupt company that was involved with a highly illegal federal program that was blatantly violating the constitutional rights of American citizens. He hopes to put pressure on the people in power in this country to bring these criminals to justice through his message. He also has become a targeted individual himself, which has brought him to our community. so again, I want to say thank you
3: yeah, thank you very much yeah I really appreciate appreciate you having me on and I am um, really looking forward to the opportunity to letting more people Know about this really despicable program that is going on and taking place in our name uh, in this country. It's being carried out about uh, on American citizens every day, and people need to know about it.
2: Yeah, I agree. And of course, I've listened to your recorded messages and your interview with Derek Robinson. And what I was hoping to do was a little different. I was hoping to ask very specific questions and hoping to get some specific answers, and then to open the floor to the callers. And Um, But first off, before we get started, I do want to say thank you. Um, It takes great courage uh, to come forward and to disclose this this type of uh, um, activity going on. So we really appreciate it as a community. We're grateful to you.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for saying that. And from my perspective, I had absolutely no choice. Once I became aware of the extent of the crimes, um, I had to come forward. And I really appreciate everyone's support. It's been overwhelming since I uploaded my first podcast and went public with this, you've really given me uh, the support and encouragement that I need to keep going, and I wanted to thank everyone for that.
2: Okay, and then um, I guess my first question is, um, is that you know you'd mentioned what's going on in the United in the United States, but the company on the on the uh, website um, that. I noticed it uh, has locations worldwide, so it's safe to say that the company is also responsible for targeting people on a global level. Is that correct?
3: Absolutely, yes. This uh, The company I work for does have a pre- uh, presence internationally as well as domestically, uh, and they are their primary mode of securing business, of course, is through the contacts that they have with military and intelligence agents uh, within the United States. They incorporate these personnel into their hiring practices To really make them the foundation of the private security company, uh, security industry specialists. And as a result of that, they do have contacts overseas as well, uh, liaisons through the exact same uh, avenues that uh, involve the intelligence agencies and the military of the United States.
2: Okay, well, thank you. Um, That answers that question. And so I guess what we can do is kind of start um, from the beginning. Um, How did you become interested in working in the security industry, and had you worked in this industry previously, like private security
3: sectors? Uh, No, I had not. Uh, Actually, it's a great question. I became aware of the opportunity with SIS through family and friends that I have that I know that are in uh, both the military and the intelligence agencies of the United States of America. Uh, They've served in the military, military intelligence and it was through them that I became generally aware over the years of opportunities within uh, private security. Uh, it was always something that was recommended to me because I had no previous uh, previous experience uh, in security. It was always something that you could get in kind of on the ground floor and work your way up. And I had heard about the opportunity over the years. And when the time came where I needed a job and I ended up in Seattle anyway, uh, it was kind of the perfect marriage. It was the perfect opportunity. The timing was right. And I decided to go ahead and apply to SIS.
2: Okay. And then maybe you can tell us a little bit prior um, to applying for that job, what job or job specifically did you have that you were alluding to when you mentioned your area of education on your previous recordings?
3: Absolutely, yes. I, uh, my education, uh, educational background is in anthropology and sociology. Uh, anthropology, I studied ancient civilizations and then also cultural studies. Uh, and what I focused on was the cultural aspects of how societies and individuals within society relate to each other and able, are able to better communicate with each other uh, it's very much useful in all kinds of different areas and applications, Every, everything from business and marketing demographics to stuff like diplomacy, uh, making deals within business with other companies. It's something that is is highly useful in that context. And then sociology is more of a focused uh, study of society itself, uh, everything from people at all different socioeconomic levels uh, to infrastructure on the local and state level, and then, of course, national Organizational uh, structures within society, and so I uh, had a very strong background in civilization, ancient civilization, history, and then modern history, and of course, people. Um, anthropology is the study of people, and yeah. it is yes, and it just turned out. Um, I've always, you know, I love people. I'm a people person. I've always got along great with people. I have great friends and and family great relationships going all the way back to when I was a kid, so it was something I was was always interested in. Uh, And it turned out, by sheer coincidence, it served me very well when I decided to get into the security business because it turns out what security is, uh, is the exact same thing. It's all about people. It's learning how to relate to people, talk to people, understand people, uh, and then, of course, be able to uh, divine information that you could otherwise not know through. Being able to read people very well. And so my educational background turned out to serve me very well in the security industry.
2: Well, what jobs did you have?
3: Absolutely, yeah. I've held many jobs in the past. I did everything from being an insurance salesman, uh, I worked in museums, I was a research assistant in college. Uh, my original plan was to get a PhD in anthropology, and unfortunately, the economy. When it crashed in 2008, some of the funding that I was expecting fell through, uh, and I was not able to pursue that. And so at that time, I had to work odd jobs, uh, as I sold insurance for APLAC for many years. And then uh, it was during that time where I became aware of the opportunity within security, uh, just because I have so many friends, family that are in it, uh, and it had actually been kind of encouraging me to go that way because, I'm sure as you're aware, after 9-11, uh, there was a lot of investment in our country into national defense, domestic defense, uh, police and law enforcement, homeland security, and I, was all, I had always heard from people that this is where the money is, this is where the opportunity is, and this is where you need to get in on the ground floor and work your way up, and you will be set for life. That's literally what they told me, and so I eventually – took uh, their advice, and decided to try it.
2: Um, What year was that? Uh, This
3: was back. This was 2014.
2: 2014. Okay. And then I guess my other question is, so you started out as a security guard, and you moved into executive protection and risk analysis. How long was it before you moved up to those positions?
3: Uh, it did not take very long at all. In fact, I was on a management fast track program from the beginning due to my strong ed- educational background. Uh, because I had specific people skills that are directly applicable to what they were doing, I was on a management training program from the very beginning. Um, and what they do, the way that they train people is very interesting. It's it's a hands on training philosophy. So what you do in your first, you know, anywhere from a month to six months. It took me about two. Months before I moved up to executive protection, but it's different for everyone. And the idea behind that is to get the security specialist the maximum amount of training that you can in all different areas of the company. And so you do corporate security, you do uh, private individual security, uh, you work as a security guard, you work with information systems and computer and data security, uh, and then you move up to things like risk assessment, threat uh, assessment, Risk management, um, transport is a big part of what we did, and then of course uh, executive protection as well. So, uh, okay, what? Yeah, go ahead. Okay.
2: So, when you had this position of executive protection and risk analysis, what did a typical day look like for you? What did that entail? Um, get going to work, you know, when you come in the morning. What did you do? With, what was the? What was your day like,
3: basically? Absolutely, yes. It was um, it was uh, it was really a great job to have, and uh, it was it's a very fulfilling job, and it's one of the reasons I'm so disappointed in the way it all went when I found out what my company was involved in. But the day-to-day operations uh, consist of well, it depends on what assignment you have. So you're given an assignment, and within the structure of my company, you report to a supervisor directly, and then you have usually anywhere from two to five. Uh, fellow security specialists that you work with that are on your level. And the reason for this organizational structure, of course, is to compartmentalize different aspects of the business and to maintain assignment security uh, in terms of classifying and protecting information within each unit that, uh, within the company. And so there are many different assignments, but for example, uh, when I provided uh, security for Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon, Uh, It involved being, uh, it was plain clothes, no uniform, and we would secure the property, the data, and the people of Amazon, and particularly uh, the buildings that Jeff Bezos was building in downtown Seattle. Uh, There are actually about 50 buildings, skyscrapers, that are being built and have been built in the last few years uh, by Mr. Bezos to develop a huge portion of downtown Seattle, Washington, in fact, they're so prominent there that it's actually called Amazonia. Uh, that's how they refer to that section of town. And so my specific assignment was securing those buildings, uh, particularly particularly during the construction phase of the building. One of the things that is a concern when you're building new buildings with a corporation like that is, is of course, securing uh, the contracts uh, with the construction companies. And you have a whole bunch of different construction workers coming in and out each and every day, and so part of my job was undercover uh, to look into the backgrounds of the security contractors that were building the buildings for Amazon, and that involves everything from deep background checks to uh, having conversations with the workers when they're on site, uh, usually in an undercover capacity, and then uh, monitoring both the property and the people uh, to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do and not doing anything they're not supposed to do. and. That was the typical day for me, uh, pretty much every day since I was there. I did have other s- assignments, um, but they all had to do with the downtown Amazon uh, buildings that were that they were constructing and the security involved in making sure that those were secure at all times. And then um, eventually I would those assignments would follow through to the opening of the building and then testing security protocols, uh, the cameras, the computer systems, the doors, the entrances. Of the buildings to get them ready for uh, to be open to Amazon employees, so they could be used on a daily basis.
2: Okay, um, and then you know, you said when you when you and I had a private discussion that when they when you first went in for your interview, there were some little indicators that something was kind of awry. What were those?
3: Absolutely, yeah. I want to make clear that of course, when you're first going through the interview process, none of these things really occur to you as being out of the ordinary at all. It's it's only in retrospect, once I knew what was going on, that I realized there was something not quite right. Uh, but there are uh, some inconsistencies, some things that make you know that, that things are going on uh, that shouldn't be going on. And one of them, of course, is the dealing with the samples that are collected from employees uh, for drug tests. And the um, inordinate amount of time that it takes to get a drug test back, uh, this not only happened to me when I was first hired, but I have heard uh, almost every single employee I talked to that worked for SIS had the exact same thing happen. We're talking about a full month to get a drug test back. Uh, there are aspects of deep background that are done in, on individuals before they're before they allowed to work for SIS, uh, but that process was completed. Uh, before I gave my drug test, and other employees do as well. And I learned that the reason why later on that the drug test takes so long to come back is that it's not just a drug test. What they are doing is they are taking your drug test, um, mine was a saliva swab, and uh, sending it to Amazon to build a complete DNA profile on the individual um, within the Amazon DNA database that I've mentioned previously, uh, where they're storing the DNA of millions of Americans and uh, this is, of course, never revealed to the employees of SIS till much, much later on if you move up high enough in the company. And the reason they do this, of course, is they want, number one, to study them. Uh, Amazon actually allows scientists from all different fields to study this DNA uh, for advances in things like medicine and medical treatments for cancer and so forth. So it is going to some good uses. But the other reason it's there, of course, is because the main... Uh, way that they are now researching and developing the voice to skull frequency weapons for emotional manipulation and behavior modification is to uh, tune directly into the resonant frequency of the DNA of the target that they're using the technology against. And knowing that later on, I now understand exactly what was taking so long with the supposed drug tests. They were collecting uh, DNA material from employees and prospective employees, and then. Uh, Using those to build a complete DNA profile on the individual.
2: How did you find that out? I'm sorry. When? How did you find this out? This information that
3: they
4: were.
3: Absolutely. Uh, Much later on, uh, I was assigned to a um, to an assignment, a security detail on a IDF facility that stores uh, what is called the the servers that the DNA databases are stored on. And working with the, uh, at that time, people that were directly involved in experimenting on the SIS employees and then also the homeless population of Seattle, uh, it was revealed to me through working with them that what was stored on those um, servers were, in fact, the DNA profiles of the people uh, that were being uh, tortured and abused, for lack of a better term, experimented upon by this technology, and that the way that the technology worked was to actually tap into the resonant frequency of the DNA itself, and that is uh, how I became aware of the fact that the DNA was, of course, being stored by Amazon in massive DNA databases, and one of the uses for it was, of course, to fine-tune this technology to each individual uh, to have total biohacking capabilities on on an
5: individual.
2: Wow. Hi. Okay. Hi. Um... Did they provide housing for you in washington?
3: uh no, they did not no they um yeah, I would in an apartment the entire time I was there um and yeah, you're pretty much on your own there they you you do have offers of course, where you know employees room up together and so forth. I had some roommates when I was there, uh but they were not s i s uh provided properties
2: okay, all right, and then you, tell me about how um and, and as much as you can, honestly, I understand you can't be completely straightforward about the information because you have some, um, some potential cases coming up. So um, tell us what you started finding out and from who and how, the, the best that you can. And if you can't answer, just say no, well, I can't do that or whatever the case may be, but maybe you can tell us as much information as you can without causing any problems for your future cases.
3: Absolutely, yes. And I'm trying to be as, as uh, detailed as possible because I think it's very important to get this information out. But when it comes to individual specifics, names, stuff like that, of employees of Amazon other than Jeff Bezos because everyone knows who he is, uh, I do want to be careful about mentioning that. Um, but yes, it's a very um, slow process that you are walked through when you begin to work for SIS. And at first, of course, I was a security guard, and then I moved up and was trained little by little in different aspects of the security business. And it is as you graduate from one to the next, that they, from one level to the next, that they begin to fill you on, in on what's going on. And the important thing about this, of course, is the point I want to make probably you know, from the beginning that I failed to make earlier is that the training that's going on is simultaneous. It's a two-pronged training that – you're being trained for two things at once. You're being trained in the basics of the security business, of so executive protection, personal security, data security, and property security. But at the exact same time, you're being trained for uh, what would you would call organized stalking, gang stalking, and the very skills that are needed uh, to carry out the entire program that's being carried out against targeted individuals. And so as you're being trained, you don't realize you're being trained for gang stalking, organized stalking, and carrying out uh, frequency weapon monitoring and manipulation and harassment of targeted individuals. But these skills are perfectly applied to that later on once you are let into what's really going on. Um, but the way I became uh, first aware actually that there was something very, very wrong uh, with what was going on was I began to notice uh, that the security guards that were working for us were going through great stress on the job and it was something I noticed very, very early on people that were physically sick standing at the podium, people that were having a lot of trouble uh, remaining standing for eight hours. And I inquired about this, and I would usually ask them, you know, are you okay? Do you need anything? And of course, I later found out that this was because they were under direct uh, torture, abuse, and experimentation uh, by the higher ups in SIS and indeed the federal government of the United States of America who were testing. Um, voice to skull, hive mind, frequency weapons on them while they were working. Uh, and of course, as I moved up in the company, I I was eventually let on in on more of the details. And not only are they experimenting on the employees of SIS, uh, and that entails, by the way, the employees that are being uh, experimented on are tracked and monitored. Organized stock 24 7, uh, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, around the clock, both inside and outside of the workplace.
2: I'm sorry? How did you know that to be a fact?
3: Uh, It is common knowledge once you are high up enough in the company. It's it's openly discussed. Uh, And I was in a position to be involved in the threat assessment that was going on, uh, threat assessment reports that were going on uh, in relation to Amazon, and those threat assessment. Reports, of course, had to include what was going on with the employees of SIS. I also was directly um, assigned later on, uh, and this is much later on in the future, this is about a year later, to actually uh, executively protect and surveil the homeless population in Seattle, uh, which were under direct experimentation as well. So once I realized that I was being assigned to surveil SIS employees, and then later on the homeless people in Seattle. Then I and then I later found out, of course, that these people were under the influence of the very technology uh, that I'm speaking of—the frequency weapons. I realized what was going on; that this was in fact a research and development program uh, where these people were being experimented on, and they were being held against their will um, by not only SIS, Amazon, the federal government, but DESC uh, because. The other connection with the homeless shelter, of course, is that SIS employees, uh, the very employees of low-level security guards that are being experimented on are actually housed in the homeless shelters that are owned and operated by DESC. And so they will actually have people. Uh, if you've read my you- blog, 157 Roy Street, go ahead.
2: I'm so sorry to interject because you were on a roll, but um, there's a little static or something, maybe holding your phone in a different place. I'm not sure. Oh, no, you- yeah. Okay.
3: I do apologize. That. Let me try over here. Okay.
2: It could be. You never know. Who knows why it's sounding that way? But we'll do the best. Yeah.
3: Let's see. Is this any better?
2: I've still got that noise, but it's okay. We can make out what you're saying. It's just a little staticky.
3: Okay. Yeah. I do apologize. I have a very cheap cell Uh, phone, and I'm now in Arizona, so hopefully it'll pick it up. I could try going outside as well. Um. But I'm sorry, yeah, so the, the tie-ins are so many that you can't work there for very long without starting to understand exactly what's going on. And of course, I ended up fully understanding what was going on because all of these pieces interlock um, you know, so much and, and redundantly that there's absolutely no way to cover it up. Uh, the only people I think have absolutely no knowledge of it are the low-level security guards. Um, but even they start to suspect that there's something wrong just because of – the massive amount of, of torture and stress that the test subjects are undergoing uh, being an experiment of this program. So, uh, the SIS employees, low level security guards, some of them are actually housed at DESC homeless shelters in downtown Seattle. Uh, one's located at 505 3rd Avenue, uh, Seattle, Washington, 98104. The other is housed at 157 Roy Street in Queen Anne, Washington, and that's why I named my blog that, uh, where these uh, homeless men are housed and then they are recruited directly uh, by SIS and funneled to work uh, for SIS by other hiring practices that are are not all on the up and up. And then they are experimented on in Amazon-owned buildings by SIS and they are housed in DESC shelters while they are being experimented on.
2: Okay. All right, so um, I guess we can go into a little bit about, you know, what this technology, uh, what you claim this technology can do. So, uh, and I, I guess, again, maybe if you want to supply any sub- sources for the information that you have, but I know that we kind of covered some of it. Um, so I know like emotional manipulation, and you talked about this, this the ability to beam uh, 3D rendered uh, images into the mind. Um, V2K, sexual manipulation, uh, basically controlling uh, quite a few of the physiological functions, read thoughts in real time, uh, and then um, uh, experiments on groups of people. Um, and, And I understand too, one thing about this classified technology, you know, David Voice, I'm sure you're familiar with him, he, you know, told me the other side of it, you know, that a lot of this technology can be used for positive, and he, you know, went into detail what that is. And then scripting, we talked about scripting the other other idea the other day. So maybe do you want to go into that a little bit? Oh, and then also, I wanted to go back to the DNA, because uh, there was some misinformation or disinformation going on about that. Um, manipul- manipulating DNA, and I wanted you to elaborate on that, and maybe, because some people interpreted that the DNA was actually being targeted um, By radio frequency, so if you can clear that up, that would be great, because I have a couple of scientists who are curious about that.
3: Absolutely, yes, and I, I made a point also in my podcast to point out that this technology can be used for great good. It can make the blind see, it can make the deaf hear, it can make the lame get up and walk. It is literally capable of performing miracles. It can restore full feeling and functionality to amputees. And this is exactly, amputees who have lost a limb and it can restore full functionality and feeling to that lost limb. And I try to make a a huge point of this because that is exactly why this technology is being researched and developed. It is the uh, cover under which this technology is being researched and developed. It is the entire point of it. It also has very um, understandable and very obvious applications in military and intelligence applications, which I also went into briefly. And I also try to make a, a point about the fact that um, that is why it's being developed. And the um, support and the funding for it is for those purposes specifically. Uh, but unfortunately, what's happened is that this technology, while it is being researched and developed for these good purposes, is actually carrying out that research and development uh, on unwilling human test subjects that are not giving their consent to be experimented upon, and they are not being compensated or cared for in any way. They are simply experimented on uh, until often the point of death. Uh, And this is what's actually going on with many TIs around the country, is that the military and the government of the United States of America is researching and developing this technology by using live human uh, test subjects, people that within the program are referred to as lab rats and test subjects as opposed to human beings and that is the massive problem of what is going on as the entire point of why I blew the whistle. Uh, I am fully aware of all the good this technology can do. The problem is uh, it can also be used to uh, make great advances in stuff like the cure for cancer, uh, cure many terminal diseases, it can expand, uh, extend lifespan, Uh, it can improve general overall health in so many ways. Uh, that it boggles the mind. It is, it is truly a miraculous technology. Uh, the problem is, it has been researched and developed within the classified sectors of our government. And because it is behind veils of secrecy that do not let in public scrutiny nor the rule of law, uh, it is totally out of control. And it is now to the point where it is being used to experiment on innocent American people who have done absolutely nothing wrong and don't even, many of them don't even know they're being experimented upon. So I did want to make that point. Um, also, it's important to note that I have no technical training. My PhD, um, I have no PhD in you know, electrical engineering or using this technology whatsoever. My training is in uh, being a security specialist, securing people, property, and data. Uh, it is only by the fact that my company was using this technology to experiment on its own employees, that I have a very practical day-to-day working knowledge of it, and I understand its applications within the security business, within uh, security itself, and then also within the experimental program that was going on. And it is in that way that I have great knowledge of the effects that this technology has on people and why it's being used by uh, security companies, the intelligence agencies, and the military of the United States of America. Uh, so when it comes to the DNA, uh, I want to make clear that I did not want, mean to say that they manipulate the DNA. I think what I said was they can manipulate the genetics of a person, the cells of a person. That is my understanding of it. it the, by uh, using the frequency uh, to interact with the cells of the body and the electrical system of the body and the tissue and the joints and the muscles of the body, It can be used to heal people. It can also be used to induce great pain and deteriorate people to a great extent. Um, When I mentioned the DNA, my understanding of it is that there's a resonant frequency to DNA itself uh, that all matter in the universe resonates. All matter is animated by sound. And as a result, there is a frequency that is um, able to be measured that measures the rate of vibration for lack of a better term, of the DNA itself, of the human mind, and, of course, of the human body, and, indeed, every, everything else in nature. It is by understanding uh, the individual resonant frequency of an individual's DNA and the individual resonant frequency of an individual's mind that this, techni- this technology is able to be fine-tuned to an individual. And the only reason for that is to hook up the technology to the individual, so that they could then, once a frequency is admitted from a device and hits the target at the resonant frequency that that target's body, brain, and DNA are already resonating at, already vibrating at, they sync up. And there is, for lack of a better term, a frequency superhighway that is connected between the device and the targeted individual. And it it is upon this frequency superhighway that you can send data and information and instructions to the targeted individual much in the same way that you can send data and instructions over fiber optic cables that power the internet, for example. And that's very much what's going on. They have unfortunately hacked the human mind, hacked the human brain and the human body. And it is once that, that superhighway of frequency is set up between the device and the targeted individual, they can send instructions. And those instructions ride on the wave of frequency that it was tuned into the individual's resonant frequency. And then they can send instructions that manipulate thoughts, manipulate emotions, manipulate behavior, and manipulate even the vitals and so forth, the heartbeat, the breathing pattern of the targeted individuals. So thank you for bringing that up because I didn't want to clarify
6: what I meant by that.
2: Okay,
3: thank Um,
6: you. Can I jump in here for a second? Absolutely, please.
2: Yeah, this is my partner, okay. Dr. Matthew
6: Aaron, so go ahead. Um, hi, Brian. My name is Matthew, um, and I and appreciate I you. you. Nice to
7: meet
6: uh, you. Yeah, nice to meet you, too. I appreciate you um, wanting to provide inside information and, and making an attempt at that. However, I have to say that I have some constructive critiques and reservations about much of what you're saying.
5: Okay. Okay.
6: Um, Okay, so I'm trying to be constructive here, and um, there are a lot of experts in radio frequency effects listening in on this call right now, and, uh-huh. and we don't dispute that radio frequency can have all kinds of effects on the body, but you are actually building complex claim upon complex claim of very specific Mechanisms of these effects, which which um, m- many of them violate all of known science, and so I, I really um, well I really want to know. You, you said um, it is my understanding, or to 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 come up with such complex claims. Wh- what is your source for those claims? Did you? I mean, because they. Well, there Violate is, um, all of known science, and I, I can't put a fine enough point on that. That, okay. that is That's a fine. very, I, very extreme claim to make well, what about the exactly DNA are you, targeting. Okay. Well, no, the well, DNAs, well, look, I I, do you want me to list, do you want me to enumerate them? Because there's many. I can enumerate them for you if you no, want. If I, could re- if I could
3: respond quickly to your question, I would be happy to answer it. I do thank you for it. Uh, it's a very important point to bring up. Um, because I think it's, it's important that we cover the basics here. One of the things that happens when we try to fit a complex scientific concept into an hour, hour and a half interview, there is no time to give due process and due consideration to the long history of scientific research and development that has gone into the technology. Okay, you're not, gonna go so, you're not going go so to go
6: head to head with me on science here. You're not going to go head to head with me on science. Well, are just, you just making with the, that clear. Micro,
3: are you are you familiar with the microwave I'm familiar effect? with all
6: of all of this. You, I, stuff. okay? Um, take a deep right.
3: Because take what breath. I am uh, trying to tell you is that the technology that they are developing within the military and within the intelligence agencies is what you understand as voice to skull. It is microwave auditory effect. It is frequency weapons that are being used against individuals to control thoughts, to block thoughts, to control emotions, to manipulate emotions, and to control and manipulate behavior. This is done through frequency. And the frequency devices that are directed at an individual uh, are coming from cell phone towers, frequency emitters, um, radars and antennas and so forth, satellites possibly. You can also make portable devices to do this. And what they do is they tap into the resonant frequency of the human
6: mind. All you're Um, doing is repeating yourself, okay? So please, let me finish my point here. You're not telling us anything that's a new claim. We've heard all of these claims before. And you're not providing any evidence. What is your evidence of these claims?
0: Well,
3: my direct knowledge is of the involvement of my employer, SIS, in experimenting on their employees and experimenting on the homeless population of Seattle. I preface my statement by saying I am not an expert. I have no technical yeah. training at all. If there are experts that can educate me on wh- how exactly this technology works on a technical okay, level, so let me I be more
6: specific because this is important. Let, let me explain why this is an important point. I understand we, why. That's why I well, wanted to just well, no, explain Andrew, what I please, meant and get to the Please PESC let me explain the general. Yeah. Let me explain the general point that I'm trying to make on behalf of the community that you are speaking to right now. You, we are on the edge of our seats, waiting for someone like you to come forward. And then when you come well, forward, thanks. and you have all of these claims which you are throwing out there. And they violate all of known science, and you're you're saying that it was. Well, that's an that's an incorrect statement. That it violates wait, all of known wait, science. I'm sorry. No, it's mass,
3: oh, okay. The do you night. disagree the, that? do okay, you disagree listen. that this technology this isn't can going to be to people's heads? Um,
2: yeah. I'm sorry,
3: no, I'm my isn't.
6: expert okay, my uh, expertise let, let, is let as me... a
3: security specialist. So I, I find it weird that I was asked to, asked to do this interview, and you are jumping on DNA and technical. Um, explanations of the most things.: let, let me explain why I'm doing science. that Please let, and please you let me are,
6: explain
7: Please let me explain why me I'm doing
3: that. That was my understanding I would love to speak with you, you can contact me on my website, you can tell me right now but this was supposed to be my opportunity to tell my story and what I know if there are technical experts, I have been dying I have been begging people that have specifics on the technology to please contact me and work with me before I go on the air with people and no one has offered that to me um, so I would be happy to speak with you about this. This is exactly what I'm interested in because this is not my area of expertise. My area of expertise is the security business itself and what is going on in Seattle, Washington. The particulars are okay, I, I appreciate I would be that. I appreciate happy to that. be
6: educated on. It. I appreciate Matthew, I Matthew, I appreciate Matthew, that. Excuse me. This is an important point and I will make it and then I will back off but this is a very important point I appreciate what you're doing and what you're trying to do is very important but when you build a very complicated model that really is based on hearsay that you got from whoever knows what well,
3: course, what model are you speaking of are you speaking out the principles of microwave auditory effect the principles of frequency weapons the principles of targeted individuals being targeted by frequency weapons and it being used to control their mind their thoughts beaming voices into their head and controlling their behavior. Is, is that your point of disagreement, or does it have to do with the DNA specifically?
6: Well, I, I can name a few things that I heard that, that blew my scientific mind and well, and puts, I mean, puts our credibility at stake. Well, what That's science why are I'm speaking. It puts Wait, our are, credibility Matthew, at stake. There are competing Maybe
3: theories just... within science and electro... Electrical engineers, I think, would be the people to talk to. The people that are, um, you know, married to Newtonian and Einsteinian physics, of course, would think that this violates all the laws of physics. So I'm not sure the exact point you're trying to make to me. If you are I'll trying tell to you the say exact point I'm
6: trying to make. You talk okay, Matthew, for... Matthew, I think
2: this is a discussion you need to have separately and because it's no, not Ella, really... No, Ella,
6: I will... Ella, the, uh, the way that we get... The public and law enforcement and the government on our side is not by building complicated, fantastical so you're still not giving theories. Me any
3: specifics at all.
6: Yeah, uh, you, you have not given me a chance, chance, and Ella with. is having me get For off this call. Me? You uh, have not given me a chance to give, give you my specifics, but I can tell you th- several points in which you are making up things without any substantiation, which puts the credibility of this community at stake. Okay, do tell. What exactly
3: are they? What are your scientific points that you want to make to me? Because radio frequencies are used to hack the human mind. Radio frequencies are used to bring voices into people's heads.
6: Radio As I said, there are many are experts on this call who don't, don't, don't dispute exactly a lot of those things. Because no, that
8: is no I disagree with the, the fact community. that you can...
6: Bro- can right. we just wait till
2: someone's done speaking? I didn't want this to turn into an argument. This is him to share well, information. I, and I'm, I'm going to
6: make the Thank point... You. I disagree with you said that signals can be broadcast and tune into the resonant frequency of DNA, and that's how they target people. You imply that because you said people are being sequenced, and that's how people with specific DNA sequences can be targeted at a distance using broadcast signals. That is complete bunk. Okay, so you are disagreeing that signals can be broadcast
3: and tune into the resonant frequency of the human being. I didn't say uh, I I, I'm
6: disagreeing that signals can be broadcast, but but the, the fact yeah, that right. they can tune tune into people. Where did you pick that up? Did you hear that on the <laughs> internet or something? No, I'm sorry. We have patent
3: after patent right. after patent after patent that uh, detail please, exactly please how this works. Please, produce please produce those patents. that Absolutely, I will. We also have okay, we, to we, we will await your MLB with, with Check through. out the research of Nikola Tesla. T- check out microwave auditory effect that is being used right now to cure deafness in people that cannot hear. Check out the frequency emission of wireless information and wireless electricity. Frequencies can be broadcast, and I'm telling you the key to how they take over a human body and brain and remotely is by tuning into the resonant frequency of the brain. Once they do that, they are able to send signals back and forth just like wireless technology, send signals back and forth between your cell phones. They do this with the human body. And it sounds like you're just not familiar necessarily with some of the more advanced theories of physics. Physic, there's, we have been taught the wrong physics in this country for years and years and years and years. The textbooks are filled with many errors that are there either because they didn't know at the time or they're still there to cover up classified technology such as this, that these principles do in fact work and they work very well. And so one of the things we have to deal with as a country is our misunderstanding of science and the fact that we have been led down the wrong road by people who are interested in covering up this technology and this technology specifically. I would encourage you to look up, um, excuse me, directed energy weapons, I would encourage Listen, you to Listen!
6: You're, you're insulting. I know more about this stuff Whoa. than you do by far. That's true. Well, it doesn't sound like it because you're
3: yelling and I'm giving you fact after fact and example after example that people can look up and look up the patents and see that everything I'm saying is true. So I do thank you for your input, uh, but I, I recognize okay. uh, exactly what you're really doing. I'm really sorry
2: and, um, about that. You know, he's a scientist. He's a neuroscientist. And so I'm she, sure he is. Yep. You know, so anyways, so he's just very passionate about it, you know, and that's okay. You know, in a healthy well, debate in time, but it wasn't healthy at that point. Um,
3: Absolutely. As a neuroscientist, you should be aware that this technology has been approved for test experimental use on, the, on psychiatric patients for the purposes of behavior modification. It is also being used right now to treat pain. In uh, terms of pain management clinics, there are doctors who have gotten grants and funding to carry out this, uh, to research with this technology to cure pain and to also cure psychiatric conditions. And I can get you links. I can get you information. I can give you the phone number of the doctors so you can call them and speak with them yourself.
2: Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, anyways, um, so, you know, I know those are questions, and we have several scientists, so there was – a lot of questions, I guess. Um, but one of them wanted to know about the computers you used. Let's
3: see if I can find this
9: question. So uh, that was my question, to Ella. This is Dr. Absolutely. Sean Andrews. And um, Hi,
3: Dr. Sean Andrews. Nice to meet
5: you. A
9: pleasure, I'm Brian. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm just curious about, um, you know, you go into work every day when you, when you went into SIS, and uh, I want to know about the, uh, the computers that you used, uh, what kind of databases you have access to, how did you log your, your activities, your minutes, and, like, how did you receive new assignments uh, on a day-to-day basis?
3: Absolutely. Thank you very much for your question. This is an important point and something that I've been meaning uh, to elaborate on? Uh, And it's something, of course, I couldn't fit into my first two podcasts. There's a lot of information, so I do um, appreciate the question. In terms of the computers that I use, I was never directly involved. And this is something I spoke to Ella about um, previously. I was never directly involved in either the monitoring, digitally speaking, on a computer of test subjects, nor was I involved in actual, what you would call, game stalking. My Um, knowledge of this is through people I worked with and direct things I witnessed of the effects of the technologies on the individual and surveilling the test subjects around the Seattle area, both within Amazon SIS and also DESC, Downtown Emergency Services Center. Uh, I was in um, rooms where the computers were being used that uh, monitored the test subjects, and it is my understanding that it's from those computers that software is used that control the actual devices that are emitting the frequency signals at the targeted individual. Of course, as I've said, my, my expertise is not in uh, the technical, technical aspects of this. Uh, but, for example, there is a visual aspect of this technology where people can see through the eyes of the target and hear through the ears of the target. And I actually saw videos that were rendered on computers from images that were taken through the eyes of the target, and also uh, audio that was taken from the ears of the target. And this is of uh, specific um, interest to security specialists because of how it can be used for monitoring targets and uh, eavesdropping, for lack of a better term, on people in a room without having to put up microphones and cameras and this sort of thing. So it's a very uh, good question. I thank you for asking it because I have been meaning to elaborate on that. Expertise is not in the technical aspects of it, so uh, I would love to speak with anyone in terms of uh, scientists that could uh, enlighten me a bit on some of the finer points of this technology.
9: So, so the, the last part of that was uh, how did you keep track of your activities? How did you report your assignments? Have anything abnormal happened? Did your security details? like What, what, what type of uh, so back and forth would you have with supervisors and or colleagues?
3: Yes, absolutely. Great. Thank you for that. Um, Yes, the uh, Day of a Security Specialist is uh, carefully logged. Uh, I would take notes every single day uh, in 15-minute increments. Uh, This is something I believe is fairly standard across the industry, but it's something that's stressed very much within SIS. Uh, I would take notes and log all of my activities and then log any observations that were made that were directly related to my assignments. So, for example, if I was surveilling a target, and they, you know, walked out of the door and went to eat lunch, I would make a note of that. This was all, of course, recorded in um, my personal notebook. I would then transfer that uh, to a paper copy of a daily action report uh, that was turned into my supervisor. And then also, there is a software computer program that we had to enter that into um, our daily activity report online. So a paper copy and a digital copy of that was turned in every day. Um, and then in terms of reporting to supervisors, oftentimes there's a great deal of autonomy once you're on assignment. Usually you usually hear from your supervisor if there's a change in plans. You hear from the supervisor when you're reassigned and you hear from the supervisor. Uh, normally when you check in at the end of the day and touch base on how things went with other people that were assigned to the same person you were. And then uh, in this manner you, you touch base with your supervisor And then the supervisor, of course, is speaking to his supervisor and so on up the line, and it is the way they compartmentalize information and keep a tight lock on security and information within the company. Do you carry any uh,
9: equipment with you, cameras, a weapon, any other electronic gear at all?
3: No, I was obviously, I was, I'm sorry, uh, always a non-weapon carrying security specialist. Uh, We work in a very uh, highly populated area in downtown Seattle and uh, it's very much a point of pride to be able uh, to carry out your job without having to carry a weapon. Uh, There was never uh, anything in the assignments I was involved in that would have um, needed use of force at all. Uh, We have many, many different ways that we can deal with any um, problems that may arise in the course of our duty, and as a result, um, never carried any weapon. Uh, I did carry a cell phone, which was a, a... Camera, cell phone, a uh, camera on the cell phone, also audio equipment on the cell phone that I would use in carrying out my personal duties. Um, But we were in areas and buildings in downtown Seattle where I would just say there was redundant surveillance already, um, both uh, by way of building security and then also the technology being used to be able to look through the eyes and the ears of people of Seattle themselves to be able to see and hear uh, basically anything they wanted, anytime they wanted. Uh, So that's a rather cool and rather concerning aspect of this technology. So did you ever carry around any equipment or
9: set up up any equipment and watch anyone else set up any of this equipment?
3: Uh, No, I did not. No, I did not set up equipment. I think it's important to stress that uh, the actual experimentation, of course, within Amazon Buildings were in... You know, pre-built buildings that I think were already had all the equipment in them. I am not privy to that exact information. Um, it is important to understand that once you begin to take part in this, you begin to realize that what is going on is, of course, the monitoring of test subjects. So their uh, daily life, their daily routine is very much ingrained in them and highly controlled, because unfortunately, they are under the influence of this technology. so they literally cannot get away or cannot do anything that they are not permitted to do by the technology. So uh, in every sense, it's a very laid-back assignment in terms of just monitoring them and making sure you know, that they're not walking out in front of a car or something like that, because unfortunately, it's very, very scary, the amount of control that the program has over the test subjects. They are very much uh, slaves with very little autonomy to operate in the manner that they want to. Free will is taken almost completely away from them that's one of the things that really upset me about it and eventually made me come forward and speak out so the
9: equipment uh, keeps an eye on the targets and you know it, it uh, you get electronic harassment and feedback and stops them from doing certain actions um, so you have you have you know heavy surveillance uh, on this target what's What's the purpose of having you there uh, or on the perimeter? Uh, what, what do you think uh, on a macro scale, you know, a couple levels up from you, what do you think your job uh, was essentially?
3: Well, there is, while working, my well, my job I think in the entire scheme of things was to provide eyes and ears. And and that is why I didn't carry around any sophisticated equipment because I was human intelligence. Human intelligence is there specifically because of my, my ability to deal pe- with people. Oftentimes I was undercover. Oftentimes I was dressed in a manner to make sure that people did not know I was a security guard. This this dealt with undercover assignments where I had responsibilities of speaking with people uh, in DESC, for example, uh, more of a la- liaison um, position where no direct mention, of course, was made during the carrying out of my duties, uh, but there was a implicit understanding of all involved of what was happening. Uh, and the reason for this was to have someone there to monitor and to um, check up on how things are going. I now suspect, of course, uh, that I was actually being uh, – I might have actually been under the influence of this technology while I was working there, that they may have actually been using – looking through my eyes – and through my ears, uh, when I was on assignment, I cannot confirm this because, of course, there's no physical symptoms that, that clue you into the fact that this might be going on, uh, but that is exactly what this technology is used for. It is used to um, look through eyes and ears so that basically every walking human being in the city, city of Seattle is a walking, talking camera and a walking, talking uh, audio microphone that can be seen through and heard through. And uh, the uh, it's important to note that this is not just a program that's run by SIS uh, or Amazon that the federal government is involved, and this is obvious based on the capabilities of the program and the scope and scale of the program. We're talking about the entire city of Seattle, downtown and many of the boroughs that are under the influence, not only of this technology, but are under the influence of a surveillance program that includes many other people uh, other than SIS. Um, so... It's important to understand that from someone in my perspective, uh, in my position, from my perspective, I was not aware of every single detail and aspect of the program. What I became aware of, of course, was the scale of it and the point of it, which was ultimately to research and develop this technology so that it could be used, number one, against other TIs in America across the country, and then also be used, of course, primarily to research and develop for military and intelligence applications that are highly classified and it is you know perfectly understandable perfectly understandable to do that it's the testing on live human test subjects that is just beyond any ability to comprehend or tolerate and the fact that it is so widespread and it's been it's being done to people against their will and without their knowledge and that's the primary uh problem with it and uh, it's outrageous and it needs to be stopped uh really
9: it's really interesting about uh, how you, uh, the last part you said where you said um, that you thought that you may have been uh, targeted as well. Uh, during, uh, during the opening, um, you were discussing how your coworkers uh, were – I may, I may have the details of this wrong, maybe you can help me clarify – how your coworkers would try to do a shift for eight, eight hours, and they were being tested on, and they were, uh, uh, you observed them to be really uncomfortable throughout that period of time. Is that correct?
3: Absolutely, yes. The, uh, I have direct knowledge. Um, I was also kind of doing a timeline of how I found out about it. I'm just going to skip to the end and tell you what I know now after having worked for them and resigned. They were being uh, experimented on during the, their entire shift. Uh, so these security specialists that were security guards would have frequency weapons being used on them the entire time they were standing at a podium. And What they would be told, of course, is through the voice to skull, look at all the people walking in and out of the Amazon building. Look at their face. Look at their cell phone. Look at the documents they're carrying. And the reason for this is that, of course, the people back in the control room were looking through the eyes of the security guard and hearing through the ears of the security guard. And so what can be done with this technology is when the security guard looks at an Amazon employee, for example, walking through the building, they can look at that person's face for a split second and then on the computer, as that, that image is transmitted via frequency to a computer, that image can be enhanced. And it can be enhanced to the point where you can literally see every pore on a person's face. It can see every mole. It can make out little nicks and scars with, um, on the people that are walking in and out of the building. And it can you know make out eye color, teeth, little nicks and teeth if they happen to be smiling and say good morning to you. And this is the primary area of focus, at least while I was there, because it's understandable just how useful that can be in terms of facial recognition, because what we at SIS were primarily primarily concerned with was, of course, the use of um, corporate espionage against Amazon. So we wanted to be able to defend against that, and then also, of course, carry it out ourselves if we should be called upon to do so. So many of uh, Amazon's major competitors, for example, in the Seattle area, Microsoft is a big one, and other big tech companies are constantly engaged in corporate espionage. And so one of the things you have to deal with when securing Amazon buildings is understanding who's coming in and out of the building. And the visual aspect of this technology is absolute gold when you need to get a close-up of someone's face without letting them knowing you're, know you're doing that. And you can do that instead of taking a picture through cameras that are You know, often at a very uh, bad angle to be able to make out certain features on the human face. If you can get eye level from another human being and then take that image and render it on a computer in real time, you can know exactly who's coming in and out of the building at all times. And that is invaluable not only for corporate corporate espionage, but also national espionage and intelligence uh, operations. And so this is what they're being told to do all day. And then after work, of course, they are monitored. Uh, there is surveillance that is assigned to the SIS low-level security guard as they go home. And as I mentioned, many of them are being housed at a homeless shelter in downtown Seattle. So they are surveilled. They are watched. There are people that are lined up on the streets. Uh, you'll have teams, of course, where they're, they're not you know, walking and following them. They're just positioned on street corners along the way. They'll be on the bus that the employee takes home to go back to the homeless shelter. And then, of course, there are people actually in the homeless shelter that are monitoring them as well. So these people are under tremendous stress. That very much is demanded of them, both mentally and physically. And they are not treated well at all. They're paid minimum wage in their and they're housed in homeless shelters. And uh, it's really um, it's a crime. It's a crime against humanity, it's a crime against their civil rights and um, they are not afforded any freedom. They are watched very closely. And even in some of the cases I know where some of these employees were able to live in apartments, they are assigned um, people to actually live with them in the apartments unbeknownst to them so that they can be monitored 24-7 and tracked as a test subject as opposed to our fellow security specialists and our fellow human beings.
9: Awesome. Thanks for that clarification, Brian. Uh, As my final question, um, I know other people have plenty of questions for you, uh, Brian. Um, So you're you're a security specialist, you're a security expert, um, uh, intelligence uh, specialist as well. Um, I'm curious on how uh, your training for the gang stalking activities uh, was was taught to you, and and what exactly did you look for? for From a target, uh, but we, what were you told to focus on uh, activities, or just you know, just logs of everyday things that they do, or, or are there certain specifics you were uh, sort, sort of told to focus on and report if you did see it?
3: Absolutely, well, thank it's and great. Th-
9: thanks again too.
3: Absolutely, yeah. and thank you so much uh, for the question. Yeah, it should I should take this time to distinguish really quick between what I have direct knowledge of, which is the research and development program and social engineering program that is taking place within Seattle, Washington, and the larger phenomenon of TIs and gang stalking and voice-to-skull that is taking place um, around the country. Um, I was never involved in gang stalking or voice-to-skull of targeted individuals out in America. My total experience with it, of course, is in the context of Seattle, Washington, working for SIS, where it is not the normal targeted individual scenario, you are part of this larger research and development program. Um, And so because of that, it is definitely applicable to what's going on. And the way you can think about it is the technology and the gang stalking tactics that they use against TIs out in America are researched and developed and perfected within Seattle, Washington, within this program. And then they are used against other people. In terms of uh, being trained for gang stalking, I think I mentioned this earlier, but it bears repeating. Uh, I was um, trained as in terms of normal surveillance, so when you're being trained, you are not being told you're being trained to organize stock or to gain stock. What you get trained in is, of course, coordinated both individual surveillance and team surveillance where you're working with other people or you're working by yourself. And so what happens is that built into that, of course, are tactics and protocols that are you know, essential to the security business, legitimate security business for securing corporations like Amazon, for example. And then what I realized as I began to be assigned to surveilor- surveil, for example, the homeless people in Seattle, and just general watching them, um, sometimes you are, uh, I will tell you this, that... that um, refers to TIs as well. You are told to either let them know you are surveilling them or not let them know that you're surveilling them. And one of the things that I found curious was that I was often ordered to let the targeted individual know that you're watching them, which is different than if I'm being assigned to secure an Amazon building where the uh, looking for, let's say, Microsoft employees that might be trying to infiltrate. Well, we're instructed specifically, make sure you're not being detected if, of course, you're in plain clothes and not a uniform security guard. And this is something that is very different in normal security and surveillance uh, that is carried out in legitimate context, and the surveillance that is carried out in targeted individuals, both in Seattle and then of course in America um, uh, at large, where you are instructed, as in terms of organized stalking and gang stalking, to make sure that they know your you're following them. You want them to know because, as I learned over time, the entire point of this surveillance, of course, is to have a maximum psychological impact on the targets with the minimal amounts of, um, you know, invasion or physical harm or any other uh, things that you would think might be more effective in just ruining a person's life. What you're trying to do is have maximum psychological impact. And the way you do that is by making sure you're noticed. And so people that are assigned to what I would call kind of the organized stalking type of surveillance uh, will wear certain clothing. They'll have tattoos displayed. They will try to stand out in a way that you know that, you, that they are being surveilled by you as opposed to trying to blend in and be covert and incognito in any, normal, any other normal surveillance activities.
2: Well, I guess then um, I appreciate all this information, and I guess I wanted to kind of fast forward to the point where you decided you were going to no longer be a part of this company. So can you kind of tell me a little bit about the chain of events or events that occurred before you decided to resign?
3: Absolutely, yes. Uh, it really started when I was assigned to surveil the, the homeless population of Seattle, What I began to understand was that – because, of course, before you do that, you don't know that your fellow SIS employees are being housed at a homeless shelter and treated very, very badly. Um, But it was around that time that I began to understand what was actually going on, and I began to understand that it involved not only SIS but Amazon and the homeless shelters of Seattle, Um, DESC, Downtown Emergency Service Shelter in particular. I also became aware, while working there, of the involvement of the Seattle Police Department and the Seattle Division of the FBI uh, who understand that this program is going on and I know, calm oh down, no, I know, sorry about the dog in the background. Oh,
7: that I dog. I know this program, okay.
3: yeah, they, uh, the, they know the program's going on and because it is in fact a federal program and uh, the uh, targets, the test subjects of the program are under what would be called federal du- jurisdiction, uh, the FBI has no ability to intervene on their, perha- on their behalf. And so um being becoming aware of all of this, number one, that these people are not being taken care of, they were being experimented on. Uh there are you know things they tell you first that these people are gonna be promoted, these people are they're being experimented on, SIS employees are of course, you know, being trained, don't worry about it, uh, leave them alone, it's not your business, it's not your assignment. Uh, and then slowly over time you realize that they're being treated like crap and they're Human rights and their constitutional rights are being violated. I also then, during my surveillance of homeless people in Seattle, realized that everybody in the homeless shelter was being, uh, was under the influence of this technology. They were being experimented on too. I began to notice all the signs, the erratic behavior, the emotional behavior, the swings in attitude, uh, their teeth were all falling out, they were all... Um, deteriorating physically, and I began to realize what was going on. I also heard from people I work with uh, directly that they were directly aware that the entire homeless population in Seattle within DESC was being experimented upon. And then I began to, as I moved up a bit further, began to understand that what was actually going on uh, was, as I was being, I think, prepped for yet another promotion, that there is an aspect of this that is experimenting on the general population of Seattle where there are people that are under the very subtle effects of emotional manipulation and behavior manipulation without the voice-to-skull aspect. And so they're being under basically experimented on, just like the homeless and the SIS employees are being experimented on. And these are your average, everyday citizens of Seattle. And it was when I realized the scope and the scale and the disregard for human decency and human rights uh, that was being um, displayed by the people running this program that I could not be a part of it. And it was when I realized the entire homeless population and general population of Seattle was also under the effects of this technology that I decided that I had to say something about it. Uh, I wanted direct answers. They first, um, I, I approached um, Jeff Venturini, uh, my supervisor at uh, SIS, and the answer he gave me was not acceptable to me. He said, first, don't worry about it. Then he said, yes, but there is nothing you can do about it. So if you want to move up in this company, if you want to be a part of this going forward, uh, then you need to uh, basically be quiet and play along. Um, At that point, of course, I had a very serious decision to make. I thought about it. I meditated on it. I talked to some of the people at the time who were friends that I trusted very much, and I decided that I could not let it go on and I had to do something about it. It was at that point that I resigned, and it was very shortly after that that I went to the FBI in Seattle. I went to um, the FBI, well, what called is that? the FBI. All right. One more Sorry, details. go ahead.
2: Well, when exactly did you resign? What was the date?
3: Uh, this was, let's see, this was January. I think it was 17th or so of January of this year, so about okay. nine, eight, nine months ago. Okay, yes, so absolutely, no problem. And it was at that point that I began contacting the FBI directly, um, not as a employee of SIS, but as a private citizen, uh, someone that had direct knowledge of crimes being committed against the American people and against humanity that was being carried out by uh, SIS, Amazon, uh, DESC, local and state police, social programs, and, of course, the federal government, of the United States of America. Uh, I also at this time did investigation on my own where I followed up with employees of DESC that I had developed friendships with over the years. Uh, I visited them on many occasions to depose them, to question them, to uh, get their reaction when I asked them directly about this as a private citizen. I also talked to employees of SIS uh, that I could talk to. I talked to people in the community that were generally aware of the program, Uh, I began to find out that it is pretty much open knowledge. It's it's general uh, knowledge that this is, in fact, going on. And so many people know about it. They they may not know exactly what's going on, but they know something's not right. Uh, And so I did some personal investigation of my own as a security specialist, just asking questions and gathering information of everybody involved in Seattle And um, eventually, you know, reporting it to Seattle PD, reporting it to the FBI. uh, And when I received no response from them, and then eventually when I did talk to them, they said that this is a federal program, direct quote, this is a federal program. We know exactly what you're talking about. And as a result, there is nothing we can do about it. Uh, I knew there was a massive, massive problem. And it was when I resigned uh, right around January of this year Immediately after that, that, I began to be targeted by this technology as well. Uh, and one of the first transmissions that I got uh, after I resigned was, "Don't say anything about it, or we'll kill you." And it was not in those uh, polite of terms, as they threw in some expletives as well. Uh, once they threatened to, ki- to uh, kill me, the once they threatened my life, uh, I knew that I, of course, had to report this immediately. Um, that's when I went to the FBI. And then ever since that time, I have been under direct uh, voice-to-skull frequency attack every minute of every day, just like TIs are all across America. And it was at that time right there, uh, beginning of this year, that I started to do a lot of research online as well, and I began to better understand that this is indeed a nationwide problem. And once I became a target of it, and um, the technology, and I was also uh, organized, stalked, and surveilled heavily uh, following me across the country as I traveled, uh, local, organized stalking, um, direct threats being made, made on my life. They have since interfered with my ability to make a living. They have interfered with everything i tried to do with my life. They also went through a systematic textbook uh, character assassination campaign, and then, of course, a career sabotage campaign uh, that has been very, very effective and in the last nine months has uh, rendered me homeless, uh, living in a car, completely cut me off from family and friends and my former coworkers, and all the great people that I knew in Seattle that were both part of a pro- this program and not. Uh, and it is through that experience of being a target myself in retaliation for reporting the existence of this program that I have become uh, very much educated on the plight of TIs all over this country. And it is because of them uh, that I ultimately decided to go public with this information, because, of course, the FBI never got back to me. Uh, It is now, whatever it is, August twenty fourth, 2017, and I have yet to hear from them. And I have reported it to several other jurisdictions as well. I reported it two more times. I reported it a uh, total of four times to the FBI. And uh, twice I was told it's a federal program. There's nothing we can do. Um, And so it was... Is that that
10: really? Go ahead.
2: I'm sorry. They're aware of it know it's a federal program, or did you educate them, and they made that statement?
3: Absolutely. Yes. I gave the uh, basically word for word the same testimony that I gave on my podcast, and I wrote in my, bro- my uh, blog, 157 Roy Street, and I was shocked. I was absolutely uh, beside myself. I could not believe, number one, that they would admit that the program exists, and I could not believe that they would then, after admitting, admitting to me that the program exists, that they knew exactly what I was talking about that there was nothing they can do about it. Uh, that's very scary for an American citizen who is under torture and attack within the United States of America. American citizens who are scared and crying out for help. Uh, as I have now learned, other TIs, of course, have gone to the FBI, and they have been a, no help as well. Imagine a victim that's being tortured 24 hours a day, whose life is being threatened, who's deteriorating physically very rapidly, and they cry out for help from the people that are sworn to serve and protect our country and serve and protect us from enemies both foreign and domestic. And they tell us flat out, we know what you're talking about and there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, You can see how I think many TIs are pushed to the point of breaking when uh, they encounter this from the people that are supposed to be uh, protecting us and serving us and, and making sure this stuff never happens to any American much less millions of Americans, as it's it's now happening
5: now.
11: Okay, and
2: then, but you didn't, you weren't able to save up a little bit of money prior to leaving. Uh,
3: I was not. They actually froze my bank account for a while. Um, the um, I, I'm not sure if people are aware, but Seattle is very very expensive uh, to live in. Yeah, um,
12: no. Yeah, no, I do. I. Think
3: the, <laughs> Exactly, yeah. And um, the roommates I was living with that I eventually ended up living with while I was working for SIS, even then, we were renting an apartment that was $3,000 a month. I lived right in Queen Anne, Washington. If anybody's ever there, I would recommend you visit. It's a beautiful town um, right off of Roy Street, Mercer Street, Queen Anne. Right there is where I lived. And the rents in those areas are through the roof. And so even with three people, it was $1,000 a month, and then, and that only lasted for a few months. I was paying a lot of money, and of course, that was one of the reasons I was working so hard and trying to get promotions. I'm very much a go-getter. I'm very much highly motivated, and um, you know, unfortunately, you know, back in the day, I took a hit in the stock market in 2008, and have just been kind of scratching by since then. And it's one of the reasons I launched a career in, in the security business because my family and friends told me it's you're made, you're golden. There's going to be plenty of money there for the foreseeable future, and job security that you're not going to get anywhere else in America. And of course, it's, it, the reason for that is that this program, unfortunately, domestic surveillance, is funded at the highest levels of our government, and they have a blank check, more or less, to do whatever they want domestically. And for example, I know that the research and development program the, and the larger social engineering program, is, we're talking trillions of dollars that are invested in that and uh, their capabilities are just mind-blowing. So yes, yeah, uh, it was very quickly after I resigned that they were able to completely devastate me financially, and I understand that's what they do to other TIs as well. Uh, It isolates you from family and friends and resources in society, and as a result, you are rendered completely helpless, completely alone, and I think one of the reasons they do that is to make sure that you are not effective in whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, yep. I am aware, or go ahead, I'm sorry.
2: Oh, good. I'm just agreeing with you. I think you're correct on that assumption. Assumption.
3: Absolutely, they yeah. Want, and you can,
2: they don't want us to have support. They don't want us to have money. They don't want us to be effective. They want us to appear crazy, you know, and they have all this plausible deniability all set in. So, yeah, I agree with you.
3: Exactly, yeah. And they, and they can use this. You can understand the context in which they may use it because I – I do believe that right now it's largely research and development. Uh, that is certainly what's going on in Seattle. Um, but in terms of targeting individuals around America, I think that is largely experimental as well as they are fine-tuning their tactics. Uh, there may be some that are, you know, are targeted not because they did anything wrong, but simply because they may think in a way that the government doesn't agree with. They may have been deemed um, you know, someone that might be a threat, quote-unquote, to the government in terms of just the way they think. And you could see how in the future, if they really wanted to isolate and cut someone off and make sure they couldn't be effective in communicating with other people, this is exactly the kind of program you would want run, because it isolates them, cuts them off from financial resources, and they are unable to uh, make any allies, make any friends, or have any kind of fulfilling life whatsoever. And as a result, they'll be rendered completely ineffective in whatever they're trying to do.
13: Yeah,
2: okay. Well, yeah, I think you've answered a lot of questions. I know the community has a lot of questions. Would it be okay? You can even give short answers if you'd like. You don't have to give in-depth uh, ones, but I know there's a lot of people that have questions. Do you mind going to the floor? Or going to the? Corner? Not at all.
3: Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, you had taught me when I just came home, so yeah, I'm ready to go now, right. so I would be happy to answer all of them.
2: Okay, and I'm sorry about the interaction. You know, Sean is a neuroscientist, and what he knows is what he's been taught in school, and you know, and I'm not a scientist, so I can't Agree or disagree with either one of you, you know. Um, so, but you know, I think it's healthy. It's healthy to, um, um, uh, you know, have these discussions. But I'm sorry, it got a little bit of tense. It got tense there. I appreciate. Never
3: apologize. It. Never apologize for that. That's what this country stands for: open debate. And if someone has something to say, I will always listen to them. Um, I would just hope that they are being honest and know what they're talking about before they speak. And I certainly try to do that. And if I'm incorrect on anything, I love talking to scientists. I'm very interested in this. And please uh, let me know if you can enlighten me at all on uh, any of the finer points of the technology.
2: Okay, great. Okay, guys, I'm going to start at the top. Go to Pixler. That's his handle. Hi there.
14: Hi, Ella. How are you doing?
2: I'm good. How are you, my friend?
14: I'm doing good. Thanks for uh, having him on the show tonight. Uh, Brian, how are you doing?
3: I'm doing well. Hey, how are you?
14: I'm doing good. Hey, I I just got some basic questions, nothing technical, but this is all, it kind of revolves around people and how they isolate us. Because if we wasn't isolated, we'd have support, family, friends, co-workers, so forth. Okay. The last time you were on Derek's call, I asked you about the production team. If they had a production team in order to make you appear to be this character that they create. Right?
3: Yes, I remember that.
14: Okay. What? Okay, so you say they can they see out of your eyes. What if you're just sitting around your house and your girlfriend, wife, husband, whatever comes up, their underwear on? They'll snap a picture of that, right? And maybe Photoshop that to make it look like something else and put your voice behind it. It's, I mean, what do they do in order to get people to stay away from you? What is it that they're doing? Are they putting out uh, CGI's? We know they have voice synthesis where they're putting our voice there. Uh, Have you seen that part of the program yet?
3: Great, great question, and thank you for that. Yes, that is uh, often uh, very, very confusing and obviously very, very heartbreaking and devastating to the targeted individual. Why are? My friends and family and my neighbors and my coworkers turning against me. what exactly is going on in terms of the character assassination? As he just mentioned, what we 're dealing with are, are people being framed, people using suggestion and innuendo and gossip and rumor uh, to launch what is really a very unfortunately a very sophisticated uh, and very uh, psychologically effective character assassination. Uh, campaign against targeted individuals. I am aware of this because I became aware that many of the homeless people in Seattle had the exact same thing done to them. They were actually highly intelligent, made a lot of money in America, and they were actually rendered completely homeless from cities all over America, and they were put on Greyhound buses and shipped to Seattle, Washington, to be experimented on. And so this same program of character assassination and career sabotage was used against them as well. So yes, that's unfortunately exactly what they do. They make stuff up, flat, uh, plain and simple, and they fabricate it out of thin air. And what they will do is after making up this stuff, and I'm sure targeted individuals are aware, it's it's often very similar to what's being beamed into your head via the voice to skull. They'll call you all sorts of names, very disgusting stuff that I'm not going to repeat on the radio. Um, but slander, they are calling you a criminal, they're calling you uh, a pervert many times, they're calling you all sorts of stuff that has no basis in reality. And they do this specifically to have a long-term psychological effect on the target so that you begin to, even though you know it's false, inevitably you just cannot resist it and it gets to the point where it gets to you and, and all they're trying to achieve is the general isolation of the target. Uh, they don't necessarily want you to kill yourself. What they want you to do is not have any friends, family, or resources, or anyone to reach out to so that you will be the sole property of the federal government, and they can research and experiment on you 24-7. And this is what they do, unfortunately. They spread rumors amongst family and friends, um, whatever it may be that they think will be effective in turning a particular person against you. In terms of getting them to leave you alone, um, I'm afraid I don't have any brilliant ideas other than what I've already done and i think the only way we're ever going to get relief for targeted individuals on a on a macro scale is to take this to washington dc to get some very credible Uh, whistleblowers, like myself and others, and go to anyone and everyone who can actually make a difference in this thing. I will tell you, as a point of hope, that there are people behind the scenes right now, people I used to work with at SIS, people that I know within the military and intelligence services that are on my side and that are on your side, they are outraged by what is going on. They are outraged that this technology and this program is being run against the American people and they know how wrong it is, they know how evil it is, and they are with us. The problem is that they are bound by gag orders. They are bound by confidentiality agreements. Many of them are bound uh, as intelligence agents and members of the military, where if they speak out about classified information and classified uh, technology, they can be thrown in jail for a very, very long time. It's one of the things I had to consider when I wanted to come forward. You know, what is going to happen to me? So I think the way to do that is to declassify the information without worrying about them. We need scientists to to back-engineer. We can reverse-engineer this technology because we know it works, and we know it's being used on the American people. And much like the theory of, you know, I'm sure you're all familiar with some of the theories about aliens and technology and so forth, and how you know you take that advanced technology and you reverse engineer it so the U.S. government can use it. Well, we would apply that same principle here. We know the technology works. We need to get smart scientists to, together to re, uh, reverse engineer this technology and figure out how it works. And then by doing that, we can write scientific uh, paper articles, journal articles on it. We can publicize it and declassify it publicly first. That would give the people behind the scenes, the cover that they need, the clearance that they need to then be able to come out and start to speak about it. Then we can have a big, wide-open discussion about this technology, how it's being used, and then, of course, uh, pursue legal actions against them, and then, of course, get compensation for the victims as, as well because they are, have been experimented on, their lives have been destroyed, and they deserve to be made whole.
14: Yeah. Well, you know, I think the biggest problem that... We all have. I know the ones that I know as far as uh, the people that's involved or, let's say, uh, my victims, the, victim, the victims that they've chosen, they they won't say anything about it. And I don't know whether or not they're under a gag order or not, but um, a lot of them are kind of confused because, you know, you know a person, uh, if you've known them 20, 30 years, and then all of a sudden some crazy stuff pops up on them, um, they won't talk. So are they contacted and told not to say anything? Because that's where the psychological game comes in right there. Uh, when, when you have one person not really knowing the truth, and when, he's being, when that person is quiet about it, they're never going to know the truth. Because if you go up to them and say, um, okay, you're acting a little funny, what's going on?
7: Right. And then they
14: won't say anything. But because you say that, they think you're guilty already. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. But you know a person's actions. When you're targeted, you know when they've done something to someone. First of all, when you get around them, they're acting kind of strange. then after a while, you don't see them anymore. Exactly. So the whole thing is if the public would would talk to the victim, the actual target, you know, integrity. And say something to that, and then that target can give them the truth of what's really going on. So because no one's saying anything, you're constantly going to be the victim, or excuse me, the guilty one, because they never it's, – it's hidden. Everything is hidden. So what they're doing behind the scenes, it always makes it look like you, you're the one that's doing it. You're kind of like the patsy. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is the production team that you guys or people that you used to work for – they are creating some hideous characters.
3: Hideous. Yes. Okay, so they're manipulating whatever film
14: they're getting, they're manipulating it to your situation. In my case, my character changes from neighborhood to neighborhood, right? Right. Uh, The neighborhood that I'm in now, it kind of suits this neighborhood. But when I go into a neighborhood that's a little rougher, they – I guess, up to Annie on my character. Because you can tell by the faces, right?
3: Absolutely, yes. I've experienced the exact same thing. You're absolutely right. Um, do you happen
14: to know what your character is?
3: Absolutely. Well, no. And like a, what they do is they, they, like you mentioned, they will change it for the purposes that suit them. And I think the overall goal of what they're doing, what I do know, is to cut you off. As you mentioned, you, people start acting funny. And then if you ask them what's wrong, then they might think there's something wrong with you. And that is a perfect explanation of what's going on, and I thank you for it, because that is the heart of the program right there. That is, is the in, It is. It is the is entire
14: point. We need support from the ones that we care about, right? Exactly.
3: If because we don't
14: get that, then that puts you in the isolation box.
3: That's so right. It's isolation is therapy. One. Absolutely.
14: Whatever they're doing, it's, it has to be the latest of technology to, to do that, to have another person freak out on you like that. It has to
7: be. Right.
14: So that's why i asking is there like a separate team over here that's in charge of that, and are you privy to that information?
3: Well, I, what I can tell you is the way that they manage that is through the black psychological profile that is built on the target, and that will be applied to you wherever you go. And so the entire point of that, and that is lies that are built up about you, insecurities you may have, they play on that. You know, if you're insecure about, you know, how tall you are or whatever, anything, uh, you know, if you're overweight or you're underweight, this they play into that, and the entire point is to make sure that nobody interacts with the target, and the target is scared to interact with other people. And as a result, there are no genuine human relationships that take place. There's no genuine human reaction. Um, This is recent with me, so I can still remember a time when I had real relationships with people. But in the last nine months, there has been none. Uh, The people that are involved in the program are not permitted to connect on a personal level with the target for the purposes of isolation. There is no love. There is no genuine compassion. There's no genuine time spent with the target, with anyone. There's no love. Many times they cut off your ability to have a girlfriend or a wife. They ruin your existing relationships. If If you're a woman, they cut off your relationship with your boyfriend or your husband. They take away your children and what they are denying you of course is genuine beautiful human reaction with other human interaction with other people and that is what life is all about and the way that they accomplish that of course is through very very sophisticated psychological tactics like the one you just mentioned what's wrong nothing and what that's designed to do of course is to isolate you and so by way of a, When you know that that's the heart of the program and that's what they're trying to accomplish, the solution becomes very easy. If you are not a targeted individual out there and you are aware of a targeted individual in your community, go up to them and say hello. Go up to them and give them a hug. Go up to them and hang out with them and be their genuine friend. Show them love and compassion and kindness and support. That's what targeted individuals need. And be aware that uh, you are going to be approached by other gang stalkers and told there's something wrong with this individual. That's why education is so important. We need to get past this innuendo and gossip and hearsay and baseless accusations. And the way to defeat that aspect of this program is to be human beings, is to be you know our best friend to our neighbor, to be a good neighbor, a good brother, a good sister, a good father and a son, a good mother and a daughter a good fellow human being, a good fellow American. And as soon as we do that, as soon as we start creating relationships with TIs all around the country, and we produce new social groups for them to be in, then we now have people on the TI side that can begin to testify to their former family and their former friends and say, that was all wrong. Those were all lies. And This is what was done to them. It's being done to them by the federal government in a sophisticated uh, operation involving voice-to-skull, frequency weapons, and gang stalking come back into this person's life because it's it's time to let the lies go and it's time to fight back. And the way you fight back is by loving one another.
14: Right, right. Well, you know, my idea of getting to that point is this particular talk that we're having, I'm just going to put it on a CD. And then I'll hand it out with, with some of my literature that I hand out. But, um, I mean, really, the, the, I think the biggest problem that we all have is the propaganda. Because even though they know you haven't done it, okay, even though they know you haven't done it, it's hard for them. It's like a defensive mechanism of fear to know that this is actually going on in the United States. Okay, and that right. is the biggest thing for them. Some of them are so frightened that they they're scared they might get targeted, so they don't want to speak up about it. You know, so yeah, we're in a pickle. But uh, you know, I'm glad that you came out. You know, uh, and speaking out about it, and uh, I appreciate what you're doing. Okay.
3: All right, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Hang in there and stay strong.
14: All right, you too. Thank you,
3: thank thank you my friend. I'm
14: gonna go
2: ahead and mute you. I'm going to come down to Sean start and we'll kind of let's uh, tighten up the questions just a little bit because there's a lot of people that would love to ask them a question. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you.
0: Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I can. Oh, hi. Uh, Brian or Justin, whatever you like to be called, I'm glad you came out about this and I like the way you speak about it. And um, <clears throat> I think you're very clear and articulate and you know plenty enough to teach people who know nothing or are to over, totally overwhelmed. And scared and new to this as a TI, to uh, really guide them at least partway into having getting sort of a grip on it. And as far as the last gentleman was, that was speaking, I uh, missed somebody what he said. He's absolutely right about all that character assassination. And uh, <clears throat> besides, uh, uh, besides face-to-face NLP character assassination, verbal slander, and uh, things like that, do you believe in? Um, uh, like re- remote influencing of people around you like as that gentleman was saying before uh, it, it, he will be treated differently as opposed to which area of a neighborhood he might enter as opposed to another area and he might have meant he he is made to appear different or act differently to those people but could it be also be broadcast to the the people at large around him to make them act differently as a whole towards him as more of a crowd uh, absolutely Yeah, and yes. yeah it'd be hard to figure out which was which really for the individual or, you know i guess except knowing that that's possible huh that is that is a great
3: uh point you are spot on with that uh yes that's exactly the point uh they it is very difficult to tell and this is Where, unfortunately, intelligence agencies and and people that are involved in these kind of programs, this is where they thrive, is in confusion. It's in knowing the truth, knowing the, the reality on the ground, the reality of the situation, having the facts, and then making sure that no one else has them. And that confusion breeds fear, and that fear breeds distrust, and that distrust breeds the breaking down of human relationships. So... It's a great point what you make in terms of this technology being used to influence the people, not only the target themselves, but the people around the target. And this is part of the thing that I am trying to declassify or or make known to people that's going on in Seattle is that many of the aspects of the technology that are being used on the general public of Seattle were being used on the general public of Seattle in relation to the target themselves. And so that's what's going on. And so what they can do—I I, uh, I mentioned this in one of my podcasts, and it, it bears repeating—they um, can make you not. They can make other people not want to be a part of your life. They can just give them a general impression of "I don't want to have anything to do with this man or this woman"
0: when they're walking by you, um, whether they be a personal, a personal acquaintance of yours or a complete stranger. Either way, I assume, huh? Absolutely. Yes. Uh that and they can do it on mo- that is the most destructive one of the most destructive if not about these programs cuz human relations are uh necessary for any living breathing uh sentient creature if, or human in this case.
3: <laughs> absolutely. I I agree. It is. It it's it's what keeps us going. It's what makes life worth living and it's horrible. And so you can see once someone is completely isolated from the people they used to know And they've been completely cut off when they go out. And, of course, I have done this. Uh, I did it in Seattle. I did it in Aurora, Colorado, after they completely destroyed my life twice. I went out, and I I said, I know how this program works. I know what they're doing. I'm going to go out and make new relationships, and I'm going to keep on going until it actually works. And what I personally experienced was – the use of the technology on other people. And of course, I'm aware of this being done to other targets as well, where they can just make someone not be attracted to you in any way. Uh, They can make someone not want to deal with you in any way. They can make someone not hire you for a job if they wanted to. Now, they have other ways of doing that, of course. Sometimes they black your application. Sometimes they will spread rumors directly to a manager or a boss or coworkers. But they can also, with this technology, and that's why I stress the emotion and the thought and the behavior manipulation so much, because they can just influence someone not to hire you. Uh, many of, much right. of the decisions in life come down to a gut feeling I'm not going to give this person the thumbs up and the go ahead. They can make someone be attracted to you. Once they ruin your marriage, you know, you you may never meet someone else because they can just make sure that that person says no. And they've seen this with done.
0: A, yeah, it's happened to me with a few times just recently, just uh, just very recently with people I've known for years. Just have suddenly turned on me without provocation on um, provocation on my part. And uh, you know, I, I never wronged them. I asked them, "Have I ever wronged you?" And they freak out. No, 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 no. Oh, shush, shush, shush. It's almost like the, you, I can almost huh. see it happening to them. One quick thing, when you were working to guard Amazon, you're speaking of the large online shopping company, Amazon.com, correct? Yes, absolutely. Uh, thank you and for they can build a profile, that, yeah. I'm sure, on what you've bought, everyone's bought over the years on there. And half the stuff I've bought over the years was stuff to learn about or defend myself against these perps before I even knew it. Gang stalking was, so a lot of it is kind of semi-threatening-looking stuff, depending how you, do it, how you look at it. But right. well, they they probably know what what I'm getting at. But absolutely, well, yeah, Amazon s-
3: sells a lot of the very shielding and the things that it w- you would use to take countermeasures against the technology. And some of it is exclusively available on a- on the Amazon website. So I they are the bought, only ones that sell it.
0: Yeah, I bought stun guns, books by Robert Duncan, um, you know, stuff like that before and after I knew what targeted individuals were and that I was a TI and everything else. That's about all I had to ask you, and I'm uh, glad you're out there and speaking on this and proud to have met you through the phone, at least. Great. You as well. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Okay. Let's go on down.
11: Okay.
2: Melinda, you're next on the list. Hi, Melinda.
12: Yes, hi, hi, Brian, and thank you so much for your service to us. Uh, I'm getting a lot of value. Um, I want to ask you a question. We've mentioned several times about teeth. They're knocking out teeth. Yes. Do they ever uh, send someone to get uh, their teeth repaired, or are they in cahoots with dentists? My teeth have been knocked out, literally knocked out, uh, from uh, something hitting the cheek and the tooth falling out an hour later. And I just wonder if, and I'm going to UCLA, and I've been going there for a long time. Um, would UCLA be in on it, do you think?
3: Um, well, first of all, I'm sorry to hear about your situation and thank you for your support. You. Um, yeah, you. well, I can't yeah. speak. Uh, specifically to UCLA, what I can tell you is there is a direct tie in um, that I know of in the Seattle area to the University of Washington, and many of their medical programs and um, is specifically you know having to do with some of the effects, and then also scientists that are there are intimately involved in the program itself, um, both research and development, Uh, monitoring, and then evaluation, and so forth. So I don't know about UCLA, but I do know that, of course, within the military-industrial intelligence complex within which research and development programs such as this exist, uh, universities are a crucial part of that infrastructure for our country. Uh, They are the brains behind what is done within these research and development Programs. And so you can look into the history of DARPA, for example, you can look into the history of defense contractors, and uh, you can understand how PhDs are highly valued by this program. Uh, to inform that not only the technology, but some of the decision-making going forward. So I know University of Washington is involved. And of course, the exact same thing could be true with UCLA. Um, In terms of the teeth, the teeth is a horrible thing. It is a byproduct of someone being under the influence of this technology for an extended period of time. I have heard of instances where people's teeth will fall out. We're talking most of them, like 10 to 20 teeth within about two, three months, Uh, an intense uh, just deterioration of the teeth or rotting of the teeth. Many times it's from the inside out uh, where the inside is compromised first Then once the enamel on the outside is actually broken, there's nothing there to to, uh, preserve the integrity of the tooth and and they'll just fall out. People are swallowing them in their sleep. Uh, I've heard of instances of that. It's very, very dangerous and it's very destructive to the targeted individual and you can understand how someone whose entire life is being destroyed they're losing their family, their friends, their children. Then their teeth fall out, and then they deteriorate physically. It it very much is, um, you know, much like dying very, very slowly, and it's it's horrible uh, that our yeah. fellow Americans are going through this.
12: Um, let me ask you one other quick question about the teeth. Uh, have you heard of them putting implants in the teeth or any kind of a GPS device? Do you, you know, have you heard yourself specifically, any anything like that? Um I will be getting, you know, fitted next week for uh I don't know what they call it partials, I guess. And uh do I dare say, laughingly, there are no implants, uh GPS or sensors in here are are there, Doctor? <laughs> <laughs> you know, joking. No, no,
3: yes. Well, first of all, congratulations on that. I'm happy that you are getting uh partials and it's a big step and, and uh hopefully you'll be able yes. to smile frequently and, and make use of them. Um, I have no direct knowledge whatsoever of implants or the use of implants uh, in teeth or otherwise. I am only aware of general uh, information that's available. I'm aware of scientific papers that have been written about the use of implants in terms of tracking people, uh, RFID chips and GPS, and, and these types of things. Uh, I am aware that there are older versions of the technology where implants were utilized uh, for uh, communication with what is you know essentially frequency weapons? Um, and just to touch upon the DNA again, uh, if I dare, the older generation of this technology probably did you know involve implants. I have no direct knowledge of that. I cannot confirm that, but it does make sense because if you understand how research and development programs work. It is a constant upgrading of the technology, specifically yes. within the military intelligence Defense department you know context where it's classified, and their entire point of existing is make sure that we stay fifty, a hundred, several hundred years ahead of the competition and ahead of whatever is available to the general public. So what you would logically expect to see in a context like that is a steady improvement upon the technology, different generations of Frequency weapons and different um, mechanisms for interaction with the human being, and so it may have one point included transplants, um, or excuse me, implants, and then uh, it transformed over the years into more sophisticated um, technology. And it is my understanding, of course, that the DNA aspect, in terms of the resonant DNA and the resonant um, frequency of the human minds and the human body that is used to interact with this technology is the most advanced uh, to date form of the technology. So this would be classified within the military and within our intelligence agencies. So it would make sense, for example, that your, you know, your average American or even your average scientist may not be aware of that possibility. Um, and so that might be something that I can offer that people could look into it and and see if there's anything there, because what's going on in Seattle is a research and development program. It's classified, and so t- technology being used there would not be available to to everybody else.
12: Right. Well, what I was going to do uh, after it's all done is just give a list of uh, dates, when things happened, how things deteriorated for me, and um, and then give it to them so say, you will probably see somebody else like me, if not many more, because, uh, you know, if they do increase the population for this torture... I'm sure other people will go to UCLA. They're excellent. I mean, I think they're excellent. I do not feel a dentist has harmed me. There are other factors that have uh, come into play with the whole process of my being there. And it's been very disheartening, and I thank you so very, very much. You've given me a little wisdom to think about here. So uh, please keep up the good work and be safe. Thank
5: you.
3: I will. Thank you very much.
2: Okay. Thanks, Melinda. So now Terry's next in the list. I'm going to go down to Terry. Terry is one of our big street activists. I appreciate him greatly. Here he is. Hi, Terry.
15: Hello, Brian. Um, my question was is that you were talking earlier about how close they can see through people's eyes and so. I was wondering, have you actually seen this uh, out on a screen and with your own eyes about the images that they project?
3: Yes, I have. In fact, that is the one thing that I saw in terms of looking at a computer mm-hmm. screen and seeing an actual rendering of the technology. Because of my responsibilities in surveillance as an otherwise normal security specialist, uh, I was showed this technology at work. And it was through the perspective, of course, of the camera, and what I was told that it was obvious it was being uh, used through the eyes of the targets. Um, so I have seen it. And it is absolutely remarkable. It's just like a first-person you know, video game or something where you, you see right through the eyes of the individual. And so the, there's two aspects to the technology. Number one, there is the actual what is essentially receiving the signal from the individual themselves. Uh, and that signal it goes on within the human mind. Um, I'm not going to get into exactly how the entire human brain works, but basically those optical signals are, are interpreted by the brain, and then you, you perceive them as vision. You perceive them as pictures and so forth, but this is all uh, electrical signals within the brain. Uh, and so the exact same thing, the data is taken in through the eyes, and then your brain renders it in a visual form that you, we know as sight the exact same thing happens with the computer. Uh, the data is sent to the computer, and then it is rendered uh, in the form of a picture that people can look at. And so it is amazing enough what can be done, of course, with the human eyes and that part of the uh, technology, but it's what goes on on the computer that is just as amazing as those images can be enhanced. They can be improved upon. And from what I understand, that's where this technology is right now. The cutting edge is trying to marry, you know, the software that's used to render it on the computer and the actual uh, detecting of the signal and the hacking of the signal within the human mind. And so you can understand all the logistical and technical problems you would have with that, and that's where I understand the focus is, or at least was, when I worked there.
15: So they're actually picking, it's actually after the brain renders it, they're picking out the frontal cortex of the brain, right? Is that your understanding?
3: That's my understanding, yes, that it's, it's, um, as far as I'm aware, it's real time. There may be a second or two delay, but it is as it is happening. They can actually see through the eyes of the target. It's done all remotely. And that is rendered, of course, in uh, essentially real time on a computer screen. And then it is to the point where it's so accurate, you can actually see the individual pores on someone's face, uh, see scars and nicks and so forth. And so you can understand how if you had several people, for example, that you were able to do this, you can... Uh, through see through their eyes in a room or on a street corner or within an office building wherever it is you can get total situational awareness simply by looking through their eyes and you can see through basically three four it's like being three or four or five different people all at the same time and it's highly highly valuable uh, for intelligence purposes and military purposes, corporate espionage purposes. And uh, it is amazing the extent to which this technology mm-hmm. works. It is, it's so far advanced beyond what most people are aware of. It's truly mind-blowing. And I think that's a big part of educating people is making them understand that, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, this mm-hmm. is possible and it is being done right now today. And it's a part of our reality, and we have to uh, adjust and, and figure out the best way to, to handle it.
15: So I have one more question for you. Uh, a yes. lot of people talk about being uh, electronically shocked and raped through the through technology, you know, shocking of the body and the genitals and whatnot. Uh, is your group actively involved? Were they actively involved in that type? And what do you know about that type of technology, or is it part of the V2K system too?
3: It is. It's abs- it's, uh, absolutely, I can confirm that it, that is part of the overall system. Um, and my understanding of this technology is that the frequency that's being used, at least in the most advanced forms, that hacks into the mind, once that frequency hacks into the mind, it has access to the entire mind and the entire body. And so all it's doing is manipulating the electrical signals within the brain. And so by manipulating the electrical signals within the brain, it can, it can make you feel stuff. It can make you feel sensations. It can make you do stuff. It can make you think stuff and so forth. And so, um, yes, that can induce shocks. What's, what's happening normally is, uh, from my understanding with the most advanced um, type of this technology, is they are manipulating your brain to be able to feel sensation in other parts of your body. And, other people, and people will interpret that as a shock, let's say, to your leg. Um, it feels as though someone's shooting you with energy or a frequency or a spark or electricity in your leg, but there's not actually anything being shot at your leg. What's happening is they are manipulating your brain, and then it is causing you within the part of the brain that, that deals with touch and sense and feel. It is causing you to perceive. That someone is shocking you in your leg when that's not actually going on. It's just generating that feeling in your mind. The other, oh, yes, and the other part was the sexual manipulation and sexual harassment and indeed abuse. Uh, I have heard this a lot from TIs. Uh, I had no uh, direct knowledge of it whatsoever within SIS. Uh, most of the ways this was used was out on the street and, of course, within Amazon buildings and in homeless shelters. But from what I understand, this is absolutely possible. It's absolutely reprehensible. I've heard from a lot of women out there. They're dealing with some very, very disgusting stuff that's being done to them by whoever is in control of this technology nationally. And I've I've heard from them from all over the nation. Uh, And I I will throw in my own personal testimony, since I am now under the influence of this technology, all of the aspects that everyone has described of this technology, I have all of those you know, symptoms or all of those effects would be a better word of the technology being used, including the sexual aspect. They can do that, and they can make you feel shocks and look through my eyes and, and mess with my thoughts and, and emotions and behaviors. So uh, I can confirm that it actually works because it's being done to me.
15: Okay, thank you very much.
3: All right, thank you.
2: Thanks, Terry. I have a quick question. If you didn't already cover it, <clears throat> sorry, I'm just clearing my throat. For real, not being a perp. Anyways, um, uh-huh. my question to you is, um, what terms do they use behind the scenes? Do they use the terms gang stalking? Uh,
3: they do not. Um, usually, it is surveillance and counter-surveillance, uh, intelligence and counter-intelligence, uh, data gathering, uh, information gathering, threat assessments, risk assessment. This is the terms within which these um, aspects of what is basically harassing American citizens are disguised so that, and I think the reason for doing this, of course, is that if there ever is an investigation or there is any, you know, anyone looking into this, there isn't a paper trail or anything on computers that, you know, would directly say game stalking. What I do know, though, is that this is not well enforced in terms of there is no, you know, don't say anything or else. It's common sense. You you become familiar with the jargon, and you come, become familiar with the language by being a security specialist, and you speak in that way naturally. Um, but I will tell you that within the program, there is a total sense of being completely invincible, that they're never going to be investigated because they are within veils of secrecy, classification systems, top, top secret research and development that is highly guarded by our government. And so because of that, it leads to a very casual atmosphere. And so what you have, they don't so much call it gang stalking, but there's a lot of slang that's made up for different aspects of the technology. And so there's stuff they call it within the program. Uh, for example, the, you know, there's induced laughing, um, is something that is done to a lot of TIs, uh, and that is called actually Tang, which is just a, an amalgamation of different terms that came about by security specialists and intelligence operatives um, you know just playing with this technology over time and coming up with their own language to uh, describe a giggle sauce, you know the you know being stupid, stuff like that that 's the terms that are used to describe it behind the scene. Also, you know, the sexual aspects of it, uh, attraction is something that can be induced by this technology. You know, they'll call that the love sauce, the love juice. There's some very, um, Boutang, again, um, there's some very, you know, coarse and and, um, inappropriate terms that they say all the time to deal with the different aspects of this technology. Um, So there is like a shorthand kind of slang that's developed. And I think it is, you know, through that, that maybe if anybody ever investigated this, they might get some direct references to it because uh, certainly I'm aware and it's, it's obvious they would want to try and cover up this as, as well as possible. Uh, but within a highly classified research and development program, they assume that no one's ever going to find out. And so there is a very casual culture that is developed because of that.
10: Hi, Brian. I'd like to break in.
3: Sure. Uh, I ahead. want to
10: stay anonymous, but there are three things I'm thinking about and are not technical. All uh, right but I am very experiential, and I've been a T.I. knowingly probably all my life, but since uh, two months before Christmas of 2011, for sure. Um, I was electrocuted, sleeping in my car outside of the manager's office in my mobile home park when they were gassing my cats and me. I couldn't sleep in my home or out in front of it. Uh I, they, the doctors found burn tissue in my stomach. Uh, that was in California. In Arizona, I have uh, a round place where it's round
16: veins
10: where I was getting shot in the legs from something. That wasn't in my mind either. The third thing, in uh, Oregon, I was really planning on going to church on Sunday, and Saturday night, they raped me both places so bad, I still have the blood and the skin saved from it. And none of that was, from what was in my mind, it was physical. So, um, I I have to say, it goes beyond just the mind.
3: Oh, absolutely, yes. And I... You know, obviously, it's horrible that that happened to you, and this is exactly why we need this program investigated immediately. Uh, you know, whoever it is that has jurisdiction over highly classified research and development programs needs to take this seriously, and they need to investigate it now, because the story you just heard from her is the story is a story I've heard from many, many people around this country, and they are being abused, and they are being assaulted, and they are being harassed, they are being tortured. They are being violated in horrible, horrible ways. Um, And it needs to be stopped now. And that is why there's a sense of urgency here. Um, I'm very uncomfortable with the FBI's answer that uh, there's nothing we can do about it. And I'm very uncomfortable with some of the, the understandable kind of acceptance that happens to TIs over time where they just say there's, we got to learn to live with this. There's nothing we can do. Um, I think we really do need a renewed sense of urgency around this issue, and, and we need to do something about it right now. Um, yeah, I am not at all um, debating at all. I believe you 100%. I will defer to you on that in your personal situation. I'm sure that's what happened. And, um, you know, if there if there is no other person present, then obviously the symptoms and whatever is being caused is being done through the technology. And and whether that is something being shot at you or how that occurs, I think we would have to investigate that on a case-by-case basis. But I have every reason to believe you're telling the truth, and I do not disagree at all.
10: That's only a smidgen of what I've been through. But I just wanted to point out that it is physically um, a reality, yeah, and um, other things too.
4: I appreciate your
10: information. I appreciate your strength behind it. And um, I'm listening. Thank
5: you.
3: Thank you very much.
2: Donna, okay. I'm going to come down to California. So again, let's keep your questions short and be uh, aware that other people have questions too. So California.
17: Hi hi hello
2: hey um yeah i'm
16: gonna lose my teeth too but it's from laser constant laser from the people upstairs their apartment has been weaponized and they're they're given the instructions from law enforcement and then everybody in the community comes by too and helps with the lasering of my teeth so i know i'm gonna lose mine in from the laser but that wasn't my question my question is Is that uh, Brian experienced, we know he gets the V2K, but does he experience any of the directed energy weapons like uh, a
18: lot of us do?
3: Yes. Yeah, thank you for the question. I didn't uh, quite hear all of it. Uh, There was a bit of interference, but uh, I I believe it was directed energy weapons. Yes, I am actually personally under um, harassment and attack by the technology also uh, surveillance as well and and organized stalking, the aspects of the technology that I am receiving are every single one of them. Um, I have yet to hear of something uh, in effect of this technology that I have not experienced personally. Um, And I believe the reason for that is, of course, that whatever the most advanced, you know, technologically speaking, advanced version of this technology is obviously what I have direct knowledge of is being used in Seattle, Washington, that's the version that has been used on me, unfortunately. Uh, And as a result, in the first few months, I took a lot of countermeasures. I I did magnets. I did uh, the different shielding. I uh, tried to find an underground place to uh, be to see if it would cut out the signal. I was not successful in doing that. I was able to be in a tunnel in a mountain, and that provided some relief. Um, all sorts of other things. I have looked into broadcasting uh, radio frequencies of my own to block it, but of course, I do not have at the moment the um, financial resources to accomplish that. But my point in that is that, yes, I am, I am receiving uh, every aspect of this technology. It is interfering with my thoughts. It's interfering with my thinking. I get voice to skull where they're talking to me all the time. Uh, I hope to do some podcasts in the future to share with people what they are actually saying to me because I think it can be very educational for others uh, to understand what is being said to whistleblowers um, so that, number one, I can tell my story. Number two, it can help prepare other whistleblowers who may come forward in the future for what they might have to deal with and give them a realistic understanding of the price and the sacrifice that may be required if you come forward. But I have had, yes, physical um, torture, uh, induced pain. I've lost 80 pounds since I uh, resigned from SIS. I have been under tremendous emotional and behavioral manipulation that uh, makes it very, very difficult for me to concentrate. It makes it very, very difficult for me to get anything done. Uh, And despite all that, I have managed to, number one, investigate everything in Seattle after the fact and then fight through all this, and then um, you know come out the other end here, so to speak, uh, and be able to make my information public. But I am under constant you know, influence of this technology all the time, including right now, by the way, uh, where they are interrupting my thought patterns. Um, I have had to work very hard to keep my train of thought going and be able to remember what I was going to say and complete the sentence because they're constantly beaming stuff into my head trying to mess with me so that I forget what, what I'm saying. Um, it is a very, very stressful and very, very uh, disadvantageous position to be in when you're trying to get something done, especially handle an issue that is this important with such care, with such uh, delicacy, to make sure that you say the right thing and do the right thing and you you understand the implications of everything you're doing. Uh, It's very difficult to accomplish that under this kind of torture. It's the perfect weapon to uh, disrupt someone who may be trying to a a very thoughtful campaign against a very illegal uh, program that's being run against the American people. And as a result, I am genuinely fearful for our future, that this technology will be used to interfere with people that are standing up to tyranny and abuses of power um, in any aspect of society. uh, Because, unfortunately, it's perfectly geared toward that. And that's why I think we need to expose it, because these people can achieve total control of every man, woman, and child in society and make sure society goes the way they want it to go uh, very, very easily, unfortunately, once this technology is perfected and rolled out against everyone.
2: Hi. I thank you. So I'm going to go ahead and mute California. We'll come down to West Washington State. West Washington State, hold on now, my board's lagging here just a little bit. There we go. Thank
16: you, Ella. uh Brian, I just want to tell you that your articulation is beautiful, your concentration is is perfect, and i I certainly appreciate your courage and your conviction for what you're doing. Um, I heard you say something and I'm so sorry that you are being targeted in the heavily. I've been targeted for fifteen years and I know that uh you're being targeted targeted in uh one of the most severe ways because you are um you're someone who poses a problem for these people. Um, I did hear you say something um the other day that you said that you're praying for all of us. That's important to me. I know that all these horizontal uh, personal relationships are are part of the problem that we do have to face, that loved ones and family and friends can be separated from us. But there is a, there's a vertical relationship that hopefully you know about, that um, God showed himself three days ago from one coast to the other. And I think the biggest miracle there was that people in this nation were all focused on this one thing, on him and on what he did. And I think that's beautiful. Uh, you are in my prayers, and I know I've heard other T.I.s say that too. So nope and be comforted by that because he is the God who created everything. He is much more powerful than this technology. And when he decides to reveal something, it will be revealed. I believe you're part of it. I believe we're all part of that. So um, I, I just want to say God bless you there for that. And I do have a little question. Um, I live on the peninsula at Port Angeles. Do you have any information that there might be connections? We have the military, of course, out here right next door. But I wonder, do, um, do you see any connection there between what's going on in Seattle and out here at all?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for your kind words and for your prayers. Um, yeah. Thank you very much. Love you. And and um, I hope that I can't believe you've been, you know, undergoing this for 15 years. I mean, that is just remarkable. And I every time I hear that, I cringe because I, I've been dealing with this for nine months and it's so awful. I cannot imagine dealing with it for any amount of time. Uh, it, it really is heartbreaking to me and, and I do believe there is a higher power and I do believe he's watching over all of us and I think um, he's given us a lot you know, to lean on in this world and so even though we do have enemies, I think we have each other uh, and we have ourselves and that's what we have to lean on in tough times and, and that's why you guys give me so much inspiration and so much strength and I want to thank you for that. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not aware of any specifics regarding that um, but the surrounding military bases in the Seattle area, there is a naval base that I'm aware of that um, I heard mentioned all the time. Uh, I have heard directly mentioned that naval intelligence apparently is, is playing a key role in this program. Um, And I think, you know, that obviously makes sense. Uh, I have heard, and I will say that I cannot personally confirm this, uh, but it may be something worth looking into if anybody ever investigates this at the national level and, and when I say things like that like this, I'm speaking directly to people behind the scenes uh, that may be thinking of of making some sort of a move against this program. Um, it's a lead that you might want to follow up on, of course, is that the military bases in close proximity to p- populations that are uh having a high percentage of their of their people um being experimented on and being tortured by this technology uh communities that are Uh, have a lot of organized talking going on of their civilians, uh, do tend to be, in many, many cases, almost all of them I've heard of, directly uh, adjacent to military bases, at least where there's something going on at the town level and the societal level, and certainly Seattle is no exception to that. Um, It's not exclusive to that. There are individuals that are nowhere near a military base that are being targeted Um, But I think that's definitely worth looking into because that would be the ideal place to house any kind of equipment that would be used to broadcast a signal or at least control signals that are affecting the local community. So, um, yeah, that's a great point, and I think it needs to be looked into.
16: Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alan. thank
3: you.
11: Okay. Thank you, Lonnie. I'll go ahead and mute you and come down to Florida. Hi,
13: Florida. Hi. Uh, I want to t- tell you thank you also. I'm one of those. I've had it for almost 30 years. And I'm one of those that they see through my eyes, hear through my ears. Uh, and I've told this story on the air before. Like they'll tell me if you need to go clean over there or you, and if I'm cooking something, it smells good. So everything, I have it all. And the V2K is like um, five or six voices. So I'm just glad to hear that you've you've seen that technology in place. And what I hate about it is like I have two small grandchildren, so I can't even change diapers because to me they are, are... they are pedophiles, and they because I can't, you know, because they see what I see. And other than that, I thank you for your courage, because when I've told other people that this was happening to me, even in the TI community, because it doesn't happen to everybody, they were a bit skeptical. But it has always happened to me, and this started, like I said, in '86 under Reagan's regime. Thanks a lot. Okay, bye.
3: Wow. Yeah, thank you uh, very much for sharing that, and I'm extremely saddened to hear that you're going through that. I know how it is. Uh, It's also, of course, shocking to me to hear again that this goes back to 86 with you. Um, So I think we're starting to see that this program has been around for a long, long time, and it's been researched and developed, and unfortunately, that research and development has been carried out on the American people. Uh, they've been experimented on specifically for the purposes of perfecting this technology. And I think that's something that we really have to look into as a country. You know, are, you know, are we okay with that? I mean, if you are a leader in this country, or if you are someone in a position of power in this country, obviously there are so many of positions of power of agencies and and authorities in this land that have given the okay on this. It's the only way it could be happening. And we need to seriously rethink that. We need to have a very serious discussion, both in public and behind closed doors, to decide whether this is really the way we want to go with our country, because it's absolutely outrageous. And the reason it is outrageous is what that... Woman just mentioned, which is that they can see through our eyes and they can hear through our ears. And that means everything we're looking at, they can see. And um, I'm very sorry you have to deal with that aspect of the technology. Uh, I have heard from people, uh, men and women alike, that do not want to take showers anymore. They do not want to go to the bathroom anymore. They do not want to make love to their significant other anymore because they're not alone. That is a total violation of our human rights and our civil rights and our right to privacy, it is absolutely disgusting to think that there is someone looking through our eyes at everything we're looking at, intimate moments between, uh, you know, a a husband and a wife, a boyfriend and a girlfriend, that these scumbags are eavesdropping on. And, uh, you know, who knows what what they're doing with that. So we have some very, very serious issues to, to think about as a country here uh, because, unfortunately, that aspect of the technology is absolutely real, which you mentioned in terms of cleaning over there in the corner. or You know, there it is beyond any doubt that this works. They're using it for facial recognition. They're using it to be able to hop from one person to another to get different points of view from different people in, a, in an area, on a street, to see around corners. Um, you can understand how difficult it is to get actual assets in place and technology and devices and cameras, to be able to get all these different angles in real time, that much of that can be uh, just simply worked around by tapping into someone's eyes and, and looking directly or tapping into someone's ears and eavesdropping on a business meeting, for example, You know, so stuff going on within the military, stuff going on within intelligence agencies. Uh, there are a lot of issues with this, and uh, they need to be addressed, and they need to be addressed now.
2: Well said. Very well said. Okay, going to come to Northeast Ohio. We're not going to be able to make it to everybody, but I'm going to go as long as he lets me. So. Okay. Northeast Ohio.
16: Hello. This is Hi. Ken. Hi. Um, I just wanted to um, let him know that I appreciate uh, him coming forward.
11: Okay. Thank you. Hear me? Can you guys hear me? We can
7: hear yes,
5: you. yes, thank you oh, very okay. much.
16: Um, I, uh, you know, every time that we have somebody that's braving enough to come forward and speak up, it strengthens the community. And um, I was really looking forward to this call tonight. Because every time we have someone who has even a tiny bit of information from the inside, It it helps us, and um, so maybe you didn't have all the answers, but the answers that you are giving us are very important, and I just want you to know I
3: appreciate it. Thank you very much for saying that. Um, Yeah, I I totally agree. Uh, This is – it's important to keep in mind, and and don't worry at all about, you know, earlier in the interview – uh, that I mean that is necessary. I would welcome anyone to question what I'm saying. I would welcome anyone to come forward with any better information uh, that they have, because that's the only way we're going to figure out what's what's going on here. And so obviously my um, my knowledge is limited in certain areas. I'm a security specialist. I'm not a PhD. You know, technical wizard that knows how to build this stuff, but. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that it is comforting to TI's and to the American people that people are coming forward. And the only way we're ever going to figure out what's going on is to have more people coming forward. I do have a rather substantial part of the picture that I'm able to share with people. It has to do with Seattle, Washington. It has to do with human trafficking. It has to do with the use of the technology. It has to do with the experimentation on, on homeless people and the American people. Uh, and all the other things I have mentioned, but there are obviously aspects of this program that I have absolutely no clue about because it is a program that is um, you know, by its very nature concealed within highly, highly classified uh, sectors of our government and of our military and intelligence complex uh, within private corporations. One of the things that's very, very difficult to get access to um, if you're the public is the proprietary information that uh, is protected by laws that protect corporations. Uh, Many times it's it's much more difficult to find out the secrets of a corporation than it is to find out the secrets of the government. And the people who design these research and development programs for highly sophisticated state-of-the-art technology understand that. And so unfortunately, they have designed these programs specifically to avoid detection. And the reason they do this is so that when a whistleblower does come out, Uh, I have direct knowledge of the private security industry's involvement. I have the direct knowledge of Amazon's involvement. I have the direct knowledge of DESC, Downtown Emergency Services Center, involvement. I have direct knowledge of the federal government's involvement through military and intelligence personnel that are hired by SIS to provide the expertise that SIS needs to deal with this technology and deal with experimenting on its own employees and the homeless population of Seattle. Obviously, there are scientists everywhere within this program. There are highly uh, educated, brilliant minds, the best, the best minds, bar none, that our country has to offer are recruited into research and development programs exactly like this for the purposes of dealing with technology like this, dealing with um, the psychological aspects of this. One thing we haven't touched on is the false psychiatric diagnoses that many targeted individuals get. Um, all manner of science and technology is involved in a program like this. It is a national industrial effort that takes the strength of an entire nation to be able to coordinate and carry out and perfect programs like this and technologies like this. And so as a result, it's going to be very, very difficult for, you know, 10 people, 100 people, much less one person, to understand every aspect of it. And like you said, when someone does come out and blow the whistle, what we get is a piece of the puzzle. What we get is a a bit or, or a bit more information than we already have. And as we get people to come forward, we can start to build a bigger picture of what's actually going on. And I think based on the fact that we are now turning the corner in terms of the fact that this technology exists and it works and it's being used, we're turning the corner uh, in terms of understanding that gang stalking and organized stalking is being used. We're turning the corner and starting to understand that the psychological uh, profession is involved in this for rendering false psychiatric diagnoses against targeted individuals uh, for the purposes of saying they're crazy and therefore it's not a technology, it's, it's psychiatric problems. Um, these are key pieces to the puzzle. Understanding as private security companies that are involved in surveilling people, that are involved in sometimes us- utilizing the technology against people. These are all important aspects of this program, and I hope that by me coming public and others before me, people will be encouraged to come forward uh, after me and, and fill in the blanks, so to speak, so we can have uh, a real good beat on what's going on behind the scenes in this country, uh, so that we can know where to attack, we can know where to investigate, and we can know where to go to get it shut down and to get justice and compensation for the victims of this program.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, I'm going to go to New York now. Hi, New York.
19: Hi, I'm Luda from Western New York. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for the information. I learned from everybody on these calls. I've been targeted probably for 25 to 30 years that I'm aware of, and probably far longer than that. Um, I'm kind of unique. I'm one of the very few, and I don't know, I guess there's one other person in the Northwest, but I'm blind. Um, I do have a little vision, but nothing that's usable. So um, my question is directly about the visual seeing through my eyes. I believe everything you say is correct. I totally believe everything because I'm a I'm a witness to it all, and I'm an observer, and I'm a participant thanks to them. But what I want to ask you, Brian, is if I walk around, like, for instance, I don't need vision. I can function in this world with no vision, with my eyes closed. And in my wildest dreams, I have believed that if they see through my eyes, if my eyes are closed, do they see through my eyelids as well? Because I keep my eyes closed 90% of the time. Uh, I have no need to keep my eyes open because I can function totally. I can cook. I can do, make bread. I can do anything in the world with my eyes closed. So do you know for a fact, do they see through the lids or must your eyes be open? This is what I really need to know.
3: That is, thank you very much. That is a brilliant question. And it's something that I've been wondering as well. Unfortunately, I do not know specifically what the answer is. Um, There is a phenomenon that I'm aware of, of people that describe it as though, and I've actually experienced it myself, of seeing with your eyelids closed. Um, It would be um, an educated guess on my part that likely what's going on is that an image is rendered in the minds via the frequency um, technology itself. Uh, for example, you know, the uh, third eye, so to speak, in spiritual traditions, uh, there are aspects where people have talked in ancient times about being able to see through their third eye with their eyes closed. Uh, that's a very interesting question. I would love uh, any technical information that anybody has on that. In uh, As far as the optics, is it even possible to see through your eyelids? Um, well, I think I can tell you, Brian,
19: that if I'm looking at something and i perceive it in my own strange way um when i shut my eyelids it's still there the image is still there even as though my eye was still open so i don't know if they've done this to me because i get horrific horrific um things done to my vision um which i don't think other people experience i mean they can do so many things that you it would scare you what they can do with your vision with colors and bright lights and and um all kinds of patterns and all kinds of things that I don't think everybody's getting done to them. I think I'm kind of unique with this, and um, I do. I can tell you that, that I can't see with my eyes open or closed the same image. So something has been done to my, um, what do you call, ocular vertex, and um, I, I strongly believe this, but I'm just trying to help others that somehow if you people are sitting there Talking with someone that knows about the program, or you don't need your vision, you're outdoors. I'm outdoors at 90% of my day, and without, with sleep deprivation, I'm not allowed to sleep either. I haven't slept in a bed for eight years. So, consequently, um, I tell everybody close your eyes. If you don't need to use your vision, shut them. Let's give them a little bit of a challenge if they're going to put us through this torture, and it is torture.
3: Absolutely. That is very well said, and thank you very much for sharing that. Um, yeah, I agree. I have experienced the same thing where I close my eyes and I, I see through it, and I, I would love to know how that works. I'm fascinated by stuff like that to understand the technical aspects. It's horrible that you've had to go through that. That's why we need to investigate this. This is also these, – these testimonies we're getting from people need to be taken seriously. Uh, we do have enough – brilliant people in this country, enough educated people uh, that are interested in this kind of technology. I would encourage young people to pursue this in school. I would encourage young people, if you're interested in cool technology that can do some really amazing things, go ahead and major in it in college. Go ahead and learn everything there is to know. Study in your spare time and become the great mind that is able to reverse engineer this and, and build one on your own. and then. If we get enough people doing that, we're going to be able to get to the bottom of this very, very quickly and be very certain about what this technology is doing, and then we can uh, understand better how to how to approach it at that point.
12: Thank you for your time.
3: You're excellent, and stay strong, and take care of you. Thank you.
2: Your Thank you.
3: Was- you as well.
2: Phone sometimes, but we, we could make, it, make out what you were saying. Okay. Thanks to everyone being so respectful. I really appreciate it. No one's uh, trying to dominate the calls. I really appreciate it guys. West Washington. Go ahead.
11: West Washington um, State. Hello. Um,
10: hi, um, Brian. Um once again, uh I want to thank you. I'm I'm here in Seattle and uh uh I believe I believe that they um you know i have the military and you know just basically i i actually have found out that it stemmed from my childhood so i found out who my main soccer is and uh who's running the
11: program and it anyway um i'm wondering if you're going to be available to us
10: as an expert witness?
3: Absolutely, yes. Um, How do I get a hold of
10: you? Because um, um, I tried to friend you on Facebook, but you didn't accept my friendship.
3: Oh, no. Yeah, well, that was certainly not intentional. I have been getting a lot of requests. I'm also operating solely from a cell phone right now. I don't have a computer Uh, So it's been very hard for me to keep up with everyone. Um, Yeah, if you can, my email is, anybody can email. So please feel free. It's JATL369369 at gmail.com. You can find that on my website, gangstalkerwars.com. You can also contact me directly through my website, gangstalkerwars.com. Click on the contact uh, tab and I will be sure to friend you and then get your information so that uh, we can get together on that. I would be willing to uh, testify as an expert witness. Uh, That's something I think uh, that would be great. It would be a great way for me to uh, share my knowledge and then do it in a productive way within the legal system. Um, And as far as I'm aware, I I am consulting a lawyer at this point in terms of my own legal options, uh, specifically having to do with uh investigating the federal government and efforts geared towards getting justice and compensation for victims, TIs out there. Uh so there's a lot of avenues I'm exploring. Um but I would definitely be willing to do that and I apologize if I haven't gotten back to you sooner. Um but get a hold of me that way and I'll be sure uh to touch base with you.
2: Thank you, Brian. Okay, I'm gonna come to West Tennessee.
11: Hi Tennessee.
18: hi hi is this the only west tennessee that (laughs) is on the board that's
2: true and so if in case you're new to the calls when um i come to your state and i unmute you you'll hear a prompt it'll say you are now being unmuted and then you'll know that it's time for you and you can speak i forgot to give that little okay go ahead tennessee
18: Thank thank you Um I I want to I'm new so I just want to thank y'all the community for being there and it's just incredibly supportive and um also I wanted to thank Brian for coming forward and having the courage to talk to us so um but my question uh actually is do you believe that most of the corporations are set up like this now, or like the Fortune 500 companies, or do you believe that this is more of an isolated incident with uh, Amazon?
3: That is a great question. Um, I do know for a fact, I do not have any specifics, but I do know through um, the general structure of the program that... This is commonplace. I know of some other corporations uh, that I've heard through other people that have provided uh, services and infrastructure to the overarching program. Uh, And just to clarify, when I say the program, I'm I'm speaking about the federal program under which all of these other aspects uh, are contained. And so uh, I refer to it as a social engineering program. I refer to it as a uh, research and development program. Um, but it 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 really does take on that that characteristic because what it 's doing is it is utilizing all aspects of society it's it's utilizing local and state police it's utilizing companies it's utilizing neighborhoods it's utilizing all socioeconomic levels and backgrounds of people it's it 's utilizing all ethnicities and all religions it's it's very much an all encompassing Program and, and to engineer means to design and build something it means to um, to take and in terms of social engineering what are they what they are doing is they are designing and they are building society in the way they want it to uh, to be would they, they have a vision for us they have a vision for our country they have a vision for the world, and uh, unfortunately, the existence the reality of this technology makes them perfectly capable it makes it attainable. For them to actually impose their vision for society and for the world, for this country, on us and and do it in a very invasive, a very uh, malicious, and a very uh, abusive uh, way, and it's uh, it's very very concerning because the people that are are in charge of this program are people that are concerned with society on the macro level. They are concerned with with grand visions of how society is working and how they want to change it to get it more the way they want it to work. Uh, And that does involve individual corporations. So uh, you can imagine um, the amounts of resources that a a multinational corporation will offer to a program like this, capabilities that are not built into our governmental system. And so when you go to try to accomplish something, you – From the program's point of view, from the government's point of view, what you look at is how can we most easily accomplish what we want to accomplish. And it's very, very natural to reach out to the heads of industry and corporations and business in America to build partnerships with the federal government. And this is exactly what's going on. So I can speak to, for example, other corporations like defense contractors, Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, Boeing. Uh, All of these companies have a long, long history of working hand-in-hand with the federal government and research and development programs like this, um, I am now getting to Amazon, and, and you can, of course, um, think about other corporations that may be involved. I have no direct knowledge, so I'm not going to name anyone, but I can say that this is exactly how the program works. It's exactly how this country works, and there is a, a very close relationship a marriage between government and uh, business in this, co- in this country, and it goes back many, many generations and it is going to um, continue into the future. And it's something we need to look into in terms of checks and balances because you can just outsource stuff to companies, and then it's not under uh, the normal checks and balances that were built into
5: our government to protect our freedoms.
2: Are you still there
7: hello can uh, you hear me
2: yes i'm um, sorry about that i got dropped off but i called right back and I was, i'm like oh there's nobody unmuted i hope he knows that i'm going to be back
3: <laughs>
2: that was sorry quick about yeah that.
3: thank you yeah i thought i watched you there that's all right
2: <laughs> okay okay california coming to you hi california
10: uh, yeah. hi i have a question um had you thought about going to microsoft with this i know that's a big tall order
3: that's a that's a great thought. Yeah, thank you. Um, it did cross my mind. Um, one of the things that I dealt with was how best to, to do this. Um, corporate competitors, of, of course, did enter my mind. Um, but in, in terms of the scope of it, I just thought that it might not – it just it, – it wouldn't have really accomplished anything. I think it was more – that would more fit into revenge. Uh, and as much as I would love to be able to do that, uh, I don't think it would necessarily help everybody else. Um, Microsoft, though, is you know a corporation that uh, has a lot of power of its own, and there are there are ties there to the government that might have made it um, you know not oh, advantageous yes, for me. Yeah,
10: I've been targeted for at least fifteen years, if not more. Um, and I don't want to give my background, but I dealt with classified and top secret uh, information. But what I want to make a suggestion. Um, there's something called National Liberty Alliance uh, out of New York. That's one organization you can contact. Um, they are working with a lot of, on a lot of legal, legal issues to build up cases on these kind of things. And the second, I would say, to contact um, former Major General Paul Hellyer, um, out of Canada. He was the former Defense Prime Minister, and I just looked up, and he knows he was very well aware of these things. He's living in Toronto. Uh, He wrote a book, in fact, and he would welcome. I talked to his wife um, on many different subject matter that he hit on the head that I was familiar with. A lot of the issues that um, he faced that he couldn't obviously say anything um, because of you know his position when he was defense minister. But he just wrote a book called um, and you know this is about money and. Controlling the masses, world domination. Um, I don't know if other countries, if their governments are involved, but I know our country um, has something called Operation Military Dream World, and it's all these secret bases that we have uh, that a lot of people don't know about all around the world. Um, and he said there's a possibility to turn things around. So he seems to have some confidence And you can look at his YouTube video on various subject matter. That's what I would say. The contact he does have an email. And I do get his phone number and his his address. Um, I would say he seems reasonable.
3: Absolutely. Yes, I would I would be very much interested in following up on that. I'm sorry, what was your name again?
16: I'm Amy
10: from California, from San Diego. Yeah, I'm originally from Michigan. I'm up from Michigan, just four hours from Canada. But um, I've been here because of my positions, um, connections previously with Silicon Valley that I had, and and other entities which I don't want to go
7: into.
3: I totally understand that. Yeah, Silicon Valley That's is nice. where my country has a lot, or my company has a large presence there as well. So, yeah, thank yeah, you wanna, very I much. I will de- definitely I'd- check it out.
10: I wanted nothing to do with Silicon Valley um, when I saw just a little bit of the scope, what I was dealing with, and yeah, there were people that if you are trying to do righteous things and just be a good person, um, you get turned against, and, and I don't mind that. I know that, you know, at the end of the day, you're the one that has to speak with yourself and your mind and your conscience, so our prayers and our blessings go out to you, uh, to Ella for hosting this call, to Derek for getting in touch with you and for being brave enough, um, putting your, your life in your hands literally to put yourself out there on a limb, but you're not alone. You're now part of our family, so uh, feel that what what what's ours is yours.
3: Thank you very much, Amy. Yeah, I love you. I, I thank you so much for the support, and thanks for the information. Um, I'm going to check it out, and um, yeah, thanks for sharing because um, based on what you said, I I know um, that you know what you're talking about, and it, it helps to hear from people like you when you're in my position because you do start to feel uh, lonely out here, and the support of all TIs and everybody that's been helping me out and being there for me um, has really helped me um, you know, to survive and to carry on and to keep going, which gets real difficult on a daily basis. And, yeah, just thank you for your support. And I will look into that because I do agree that there is hope. There are good people behind the scenes, and there are uh, some ways that we can fight back again, but against this thing. It's not going to be easy, um, but but there definitely is hope. So thank you for that.
2: Okay, thank you. I'm going to come to Northwest California. Hi, there, Northwest California.
20: Hi, Ella. It's, uh, it's EMF Linda. And, uh, Hi. Do
2: you have a question that pertains to the topic? Say what? Do you have a question that pertains to the topic?
20: Would you think, why would you think that I might not?
2: Well, I don't know. We could go out on an EMF thing. I don't know. So go ahead.
20: Well, the, the the topic is, you know, uh, uh, the radio frequency and all this torture is is in fact uh, uh, orchestrated and implemented through uh, electromagnetic frequencies. But anyway, I wanted I wanted to thank you, of course, uh, you and Derek and everyone for for having Brian on the call. I think he's outstanding. Uh, thank you so much, Brian, for coming forward and speaking out. And um, I just want to uh, want to offer my, uh, my uh, uh, whatever I can do, you know, to to uh, help you facilitate uh, getting your message out there. You and, and your message, as, as I uh, mentioned um, before, on after Derek on um, Derek's call, uh, I I think that you're you know you're a great speaker, very art- articulate and intelligent, and I would love to see you be uh, a guest possibly on Coast to Coast. Are you familiar with what Coast to Coast is?
3: I am familiar with Coast to Coast. Um, I love the show. I, I haven't listened to it much recently, but I would, uh, I would love that opportunity. I would be happy to speak with anyone that uh, would have me.
20: Well, I just happen to have a producer's uh, phone number. Uh, and I, I know that, as I've mentioned before on these calls, I know that uh, one of the producers uh, uh, from Coast to Coast had contacted uh, TalkShoe, uh, uh, and they were looking, in fact, uh, for uh, a person like you, to uh, TI, uh, to come on Coast to Coast as a guest. So uh, it's already kind of set up just know that they, they have been looking for uh, uh, a representative, a, a, a targeted individual to be a guest on Coast to Coast. So um, you might want to take the initiative and go ahead and contact them yourself. Uh, okay. uh Or I, I would love, of course, to speak with you. Uh, 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 my phone number can be gotten from any number of the moderators, since I uh uh communicate exclusively on a landline, uh since I'm uh electro sensitive and, and don't use cell phones or or computers. Linda, I'll be Thanks. happy to pass your phone number. Uh, uh, that Brad- would
3: re- that would be great. Yeah, I would be, I would definitely be willing to do that. Thank you uh for recommending it. I really appreciate it. That would that would be great because we would be able to educate a whole lot of people on this uh, if we had that opportunity. So, um, yeah, I'd be looking forward to it if, if it can be set up.
2: After the question, guys, I've been muting you. I'm not doing it just to you. It's to everybody. I'll let the person ask the question, and then I'll mute you. So it's not personal, just so you guys know. Okay. Western and Southwestern Virginia. Go ahead.
4: Um, hi. Thank you excuse me, for taking my call And I do appreciate that you came forward with this. I mean, I have a million questions, but I'll just ask my most pressing one. Um, I learned that I was a T.I. um, earlier this year, January this year. And my question is regarding gang stalking and the police. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Well, I'm in the process of trying to figure out what's happening to me. So one thing I've done is I joined the a course called the Citizens Police Academy here locally. I actually just had my first class today. Not really sure what to expect from it or what I'm going to get out of it, but one thing I'm curious about, I'm not – at first I thought I was being gang-stalked by the police because every time I see a police officer, it's always the same faces over and over again. And then another time I saw a police officer, he looked like maybe he was in his early 20s, but he had to be every bit of 500 pounds. So I was like, I don't think police officers are supposed to get that big. So now I'm wondering if I'm actually being stalked by the police or are there people dressed as the police that are in these marked cars to make it look like we're being stalked by the police? Do you know anything um, concerning that?
3: I do not specifically. Uh, It is a good question, though. I mean, that would be highly, highly illegal if someone is impersonating a police officer and driving around. Um, So that's a very good question. Um, The only thing I can offer that that could be an alternate explanation, of course, flat out it is possible that the police are trailing you, they're following you. Um, We do know for a fact that local police departments unfortunately are involved in this program. Uh, Certainly when they respond officially as police officers, um, their behavior suggests that they are in the program, they, they often will uh, fail to intervene on, be, on behalf of citizens uh, and get anything done. One of the things that may be occurring in terms of who's following you could be um, the use of security vehicles. A lot of times, security vehicles that are marked will look very much like police. I don't know if that applies um, in your case, but uh, private security companies do have marked cars that they roll around in, and oftentimes they have insignias on them. that resemble um, police departments, so that could be what's going on. Uh, and then, of course, there are also in unmarked cars. But if there is any direct harassment from the police department, um, you know, that's a major problem, because who are you going to go to to report that? Um, I'm not sure. You know, The, the obvious solution here, and which comes to mind for me, that I'm trying to organize to make an affordable option for citizens is a private security company that will actually cater to the needs of TIs where we can get out to your community, where we can start to surveil the people who are surveilling you and give you at least some idea of who it is that is messing with you and then try to uh, discourage them from messing with you anymore. The problem is, of course, that this stuff costs money. So I often recommend to TIs, if you do have money, go ahead and hire a private eye or a private security company, and they can work locally in your area, start to surveil the people that are surveilling you, and maybe give you a better idea of what's going on there's always a possibility it's not game-stalking. There's always a possibility it's something else going on. But this is so widespread. I'd say 99% of the time it's got to have something to do with this, especially if people have gotten to the point where they are worried and they're taking action. It's it's most likely this program. So I wish there was more options for TIs, and that's one of the things I hope to accomplish is, is to get some sort of a citizen's task force, for lack of a better term, and that could be accomplished through private security companies. Kind of have some good guys out there as well. Um, I wish I could offer more, but I'm I'm sorry you're going through that.
2: Thank you for that. Thanks for responding to her question. Okay, I'm going to come to South Kansas next, and then Cece, you're after Kansas.
11: Go ahead, Kansas. Hello.
2: Hi.
21: Thank you very much for taking my call. Um, I thank you, Brian, for... Uh, reiterating the urgency of what we're going through and that, uh, you know, we need to come together and do something pretty quickly about this. I have two questions. Um, When I first found out about this, I saw a couple of people on the Internet advising people to make signs in your home to inform behind the computers that this is illegal, that they're illegally uh, viewing you. Uh, do you think that that's a good idea since you said you did see some of the targets? Would that be effective if a lot of us made signs and say illegal surveillance, torture, and uh, allow the people who are viewing us to see it? Do you think that would be a deterrent uh, for them to be doing this to us?
3: Um, it's a good question. It's not necessarily, unfortunately, going to be a deterrent for the people doing it to you if they have on high from doing it. Um, But I believe that the idea behind that is you are serving notice to them uh, that they are violating your uh, privacy, that you do not appreciate it. A lot of the interaction with game stalkers is done without verbal interaction. A lot of times you don't have an opportunity to state, um, I want you to stop. I do not want you to do this to me. So the posting of a sign could be useful. Uh, in that way, and then if any court proceeding should happen or any legal action should be taken, at least you serve notice that they are in fact bothering you, they're harassing you, and you want them to stop. Uh, From everything I know, unfortunately, uh, uh, an individual game stalker or or someone individually or as a group surveilling you uh, would not necessarily be deterred by that, but it, it could come in handy later on.
21: Okay, and were you able to glean any information about maybe um, any way that we can protect our minds from being taken over, like uh, we get a lot of advice about listening to music all day long. I have a disabled daughter, so I use that. Uh, Have you heard anything that that may be effective in protecting our minds from being uh, overtaken by these computers?
3: Absolutely, yeah, great question. Yeah, thank you. yeah in in terms of protecting your mind um the there's shielding of course that you can look into varying results for different people um but I do find that listening to music helps. Um, I find that singing along with the music helps. I find that occupying your mind uh in any way possible helps uh, if you can keep a steady train of thought going, if you can be active in your mind, if you can be in conversations with other people as much as possible, you know, talk to your children and have them interact with you. Uh, human contact seems to be a great deterrence, uh, or at least a great defense, against some of the effects of the technology. Um, and I would encourage people to do that. I've heard, you know, if you play two different radio stations at once, that can be effective in disrupting uh, your mind's ability to perceive what the message is that's being sent to you. Um, but of course, it can be very annoying listening to two radio stations at the same time. Um, you know, I would, in terms of technical shielding, it depends on what they're actually doing to you. Uh, so one of the things I will work on is putting something up on my website when I get some good uh, advice from some experts on stuff to recommend to people. But things you can do is talk to people. You know, Talk to yourself if you have to. Sing to yourself. You know, Read all the time if you can. Uh, interact with other people. And, and remember to laugh as well. Uh, I think being laughing, staying in a good mood, staying positive, joking around with, with whoever you're lucky enough to, to have around you can all be very, very effective. You know, try your best to enjoy your life and live life to the fullest despite what they're doing to you. And uh, the first step in that is realizing you did nothing wrong and they are vital, violating your life and your happiness, your human rights, your constitutional rights. Know that you're in the right and then know that they have no right to do this to you and uh, occupy your time. Be as happy as you can be and amuse and yourself and, and try to enjoy life uh, despite what they're doing to you.
21: Okay, thank you very much. Bless you and uh, Ella both for doing this. And I just have a question that I'll kind of direct to Ella uh, that um, I have the same idea that Greg did. I'm making flyers for me and my daughter to actually have our picture to show them the innocence of my daughter with down to them that they're doing this to. But, but I think a good thing that we we'll be able to explain to my neighbors and people that I'm going to be uh, giving these flyers to uh, would be this uh, this uh, you know call that you have tonight. Is there any way I don't have access to internet? You know, that I don't have. A, is there any way that uh, anybody would be able to prepare some CDs? I will even send the money 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 order of twenty dollars or whatever. But I definitely need a way to at least get one CD and copy it off so I can uh, provide it along with the flyers. do you know any way that will that you, would be possible.
2: Why don't you call me tomorrow and we'll work something out? Okay.
21: Okay. Thank you.
2: Okay. Thank you. Welcome.
21: I'm all done. You guys
2: have a good evening. God bless you. Be safe.
16: Thank you. You too.
2: God bless you. Thank you. Okay. Oops. Next caller hung up, right? When she finally was her turn, she hung up. Okay. North Georgia.
15: Hey, Hi, George.
0: Hey, hey, you hear me?
15: Hey, my man, look here, bro. I'm going to tell you something, man. I don't believe nothing you say. You know what? I know what you're saying, man. I got all the patents to everything you're you talking about, man, okay? So what you should do, I'm going to try to tell you all these patents. They even got a patent for, uh, what's that one that they say? Bipolar, man, okay? This bipolar thing they're giving people is a patent for that, man, okay? And you absolutely right, man. Because so everybody are, are, are vibrating at a different level, just like uh, your fingerprint. Everybody got different fingerprints, right? So everybody's vibrating at a uh, different frequency. So they lock into that. They he give it to you individual or uh, a whole group. So peace and blessings, brother. Oh, one more thing. Don't go to Microsoft because the number one culprit is Bill and Melinda Gates. Okay? You can look up Bill Gates saying there's too many people on the planet, so they're trying to take us out. It's All population control, and y'all be strong, in the light, brother. I got some information for you, man.
3: All right? All right, hey, thank you very much. Yeah, hey, send it to me on my website. I would love to take a look at that. Thank you so much for your support. And uh, I agree absolutely with uh, the gentleman's thoughts on Microsoft.
2: Thank you, James. Okay, California, you're next. Hi, California.
11: Hi there. Hi. Hi there.
10: I wanted to ask if you had heard um, about the program being used to
12: execute people, and um, because that seems to be what's happening with me to either execute them or to trash their brains to the point where they don't
3: their brain isn't functioning right.
12: Have you heard anything about any of the rogue
10: groups
16: doing that?
3: Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for the question. I'm very, very sorry to hear that you're going through that. Hang in there, and uh, don't let them win. Do whatever you can. You got to fight like hell to uh, let them know that they're not going to be allowed to do that to you. And it really makes me upset to hear that that they're saying those things to you or making you believe that in whatever way they are. Um, I'm not sure if your interested are um, familiar with my story, but in terms of of what I've been getting, that's exactly what they directly threatened to do to me pretty much every day for the last nine months. Um, Generally speaking, and obviously it's very difficult to deal with, and that's part of the reason I try to laugh and have fun, um, listen to music, get your mind active, so that you're not focusing on that all the time. Um, But we need to acknowledge that people's lives are being threatened here. People are being uh, threatened with murder. They're, they're, the federal government and the people on the other side of this program, on the other side of the technology that are doing this to us, are directly threatening our lives. That is against the law. You are not allowed to do that to people. I don't care who you are. It's absolutely outrageous, and it has to stop. Um, and so just hang in there and fight. You know, Every day you're alive is, is a victory, and just keep going like that and try to turn it in your favor by being in a good mood all the time, learning to laugh, learning to love, and understand that... Um, the time will come where other people are going to love you, too, and you're finding them right here. I think we need to support each other until we can get around this game stalking and the isolation and be there to lean on each other. Um, But in terms of this program being used to execute people, unfortunately, I am aware of that. Um, It is done, unfortunately, through manipulation of the mind. Um, What they do is they try to push someone to the very, very edge. Uh, They do this through isolation. They do this by making sure they don't have any family or friends to rely on. They don't have anyone to, that has their back and can sit down beside them and give them a hug when they need it. And then they continue with the psychological torture through the voice to skull, uh, the brain-mind manipulation, and the emotional and behavior mani- manipulation. Um, one of the reasons I stress emotional manipulation is because they are literally able to put you in a bad mood with this technology. They are literally able to make you depressed with this technology, um, and I'm not sure, you know, many people realize that. and That's why I keep stressing it because if you're dealing with someone that's um, under this technology and that is a target of this program and they seem, you know, melancholy, if they seem depressed, if they seem like they are uh, down in the dumps, there's a very good reason for it. It's not that they're not strong enough to resist and, and they need to learn how to be in a good mood, even though that's what I'm telling people you have to do no matter what. It's not always within your power to do that, because this technology can literally take over your mood. It can take over your emotions, and it can make you depressed against your will. It can also make you laugh against your will. It can make you do anything. Um, and so unfortunately, when that is the power that this technology has over people, then the whatever whatever end it is used tor- towards can be accomplished by whoever's trying to uh, affect an individual. And so those ends include, unfortunately, Uh, leading to someone's death, and and there are a lot of cases I'm becoming familiar with of um, people that have died while under the influence of this program and this technology that were classified as suicides, and I think it's very, very important at some point that we begin to reopen those cases and start to investigate them uh, because it is absolutely outrageous that someone will be, you know, was said to have killed themselves by suicide when, of course, that's not what happened. They were pushed to it by this technology. Uh, and that's how they do it. Um, um, I think the entire point of that, is obviously, is so that they don't get caught and there's no direct evidence to any murder or any you know, thing that actually goes on. So uh, just stay strong and know that you've know, you got to fight it and, and don't let it get to that point. And then we need good people in society and in law enforcement and in the government to look into this right now. Uh, we don't need any more people to die and we don't need any more lives to be ruined because of this. It's, it's out, of, out of control and it needs to be stopped
5: now.
18: Okay, hi.
2: Um, thank you again for saying that and for... Um, hold on just a second, I'm going to go to Texas now. Hi, Texas, you're muted.
22: Hello, this is Texas. <laughs> I uh, uh, I had uh, some uh, 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 news this morning on uh, broadcast ABC News Report uh, on TV. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you have, anybody's heard it or not, but uh, it was about uh, 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 diplomats in Cuba were uh, electronically harassed and attacked, and a couple of them had to come to Miami to the hospital and uh, and this was uh, this is uh, really uh, great news for the community because this has gone mainstream media. And uh, I recorded it. It's two and a half minutes of uh, audio. And I can play it right now if you want to hear it. It's, it's, uh, it's going to change the whole uh, 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 attitude towards those TIs because this is, this is not only the smoking gun, but it's the gun and the victims. Would you like to yeah. hear it? It's two and a half minutes long.
2: Do you mind doing it maybe on Tuesday? Can you come back on Tuesday and share
22: it? Uh, yeah, I can do that. Um, this, uh, yeah, I'm
7: very excited to hear it. Is, Thank you.
2: This
22: is going to change everything. And uh, what we need to do is really re- really act on this and get with the public. And uh, 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 I urge TIs to call ABC News and tell them their experience. Uh, in my experience, um when something uh, important comes up with TIs, it's uh, it, uh, it the uh, perps go to their uh, bosses, and their bosses go to their bosses. They go to committee meetings, and it's always taking around seven, eight, nine, even ten days for them to respond. So we have that window to respond now before the perps start to uh, react on this. So I urge you to. Uh, go ahead and, and, and do what you can immediately before the perps counterattack, okay? So this,
2: was, this was on, um, maybe you can tell us the station and we can look it up and get in contact
7: it's,
22: with the station? Yeah, it, it's a uh, uh, national broadcast, ABC News. You can uh, uh, go on the uh, web on ABC News and look it up. It's a mysterious attack in Cuba. And, uh, it was on today. I saw it at eight o'clock this morning. uh, Yeah.
2: Yeah. And if you can remember to come on Tuesday, that would be great. I'd like to hear the clipping, but we'll also kind of do some work prior to that.
22: So you, you sure you don't want to hear it right now, huh?
2: Well, it's up to our guest. What do you think?
3: Uh, yeah, well, I can respond to the question. I'm actually familiar with that news story, um, and thank you for sharing it. Um, yeah, the, uh, the, our embassy in, in Cuba, of course, uh, our diplomats were under the influence of sonic weapons, of ultrasonic weapons. Those are frequency weapons that are being used against diplomats. And I agree with the gentleman that, the, that this is very important to document because these stories are now coming out in the mainstream news. And when classified technology like this is being publicized in the mainstream news, you can guarantee, as someone from behind the scenes uh, who understands how things work there, uh, this is not an everyday thing. This is not something that happens without a lot of thought on the part of people that allow stories like this to get into the mainstream news. Um, and so we need to promote that. We need to document these news stories, and then we need to have them ready because, uh, as the gentleman mentioned earlier with the patents, I mean, he's got all the patents. There are patents that prove this technology exists, and then there are mainstream news stories that prove that not only our government is using it, but other governments. In this case, Cuba, Russia's used it. There are many countries around the world that are using this technology. And what that does is it gets us past that initial point where we deal with people in society where they say there's no such thing as voice to sculpt. There's no such thing as frequency weapons. This goes against all the laws of physics. There's no way to do it. It doesn't work. And that is, unfortunately, for targeted individuals in their personal lives, as they try to tell friends and family about this, that is the biggest obstacle to overcome. Uh, and so this needs to be documented. And thank you for bringing up. Also, I'm familiar with the news story. Um, and I think it was when I was still at SIS. It was about um i think about 10 months ago or so it was maybe november of last year around that time period where the president of the philippines i believe it was uh, a news story came out that he was told by the voice of god to stop swearing and this was immediately after president obama had visited him on a diplomatic mission and they were flying back and as obama was flying back to the united states the president of the philippines uh, received a voice-to-skull transmission, and he said, they told me to stop swearing. Um, and so we also have, of course, voice-to-god uh, technology, as it was called in the, uh, years ago, being used against Iraqi um, prisoners of war in Afghanistan as well as the United States military, use it against them. Um, and so this is, this is stuff that's now starting to come out in the mainstream, and I think it is ammunition for us to use to support um, our cause and to make the general public aware that this technology exists and is being used
22: Exactly and this uh, I understand that the United States kicked out two Cuban diplomats from the United States um, so the uh, our government is involved in this and um, One of the symptoms that uh, the uh, victims complained was uh, a hard-pitched sound like a dog whistle well you know uh I've, our community knows that as a tinnitus uh a problem that we have that is uh part of the attacks that we get, and um, you know that uh that is so uh, uh, uh like uh, what we uh, experience and suffer from, plus the uh mental uh uh, uh symptoms on that. But uh, yeah, exactly. Great, great observation. But uh, if we don't act uh, uh, fast, uh, uh, we need to try to get this to go viral. It's gone mainstream now, but it hasn't gone viral, and this can die in die in the wind if we don't act. So we need to give this uh, take this momentum and and work with it, and so that's all I
3: have. I agree. Thank you so much for the call. I agree 100%. We need to spread it far and wide and let everybody know.
22: Yeah, thank you, Brian.
2: Okay, yeah. And if I said um, please come back, maybe come Saturday or Tuesday. I have the same call on Tuesday and we'll listen to the clip and follow up cuz you know, um we don't want to drop, you know, we want to keep it going the momentum of, of this uh uh this news piece that you're discussing. So, I hope you come back on Tuesday and we'll uh thanks for bringing it to our attention. Thanks a lot. I see another Texan. South Texas.
11: Hi, South Texas. Yes, thanks.
12: Um, Brian, I I want to thank you for coming forward and everything. We really do appreciate it. Um, I know you keep talking about whistleblowers, and I am a former whistleblower. Um, do you really think the whole government's in it or is it more? do you think it's just more like a shadow government?
3: That's a great question. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for your whistleblowing efforts. I know how much courage it takes to do that and uh, you're a brave soul for, for doing it. Um, I do believe um, that what we're dealing with, of course, is compartmentalized um, sectors of our government that are involved in this. Um, the problem is the what is called organized stalking phenomenon and what we have in terms of the involvement at the local level in game stalking targeted individuals all over the country Um, and so when i say the federal government of the united states of america unfortunately uh, i am leaning towards more people knowing than not about this when it comes to classified technology and research and development programs that is obviously something that is highly classified and that's why I think my particular information about Seattle is important because it, it shows that this, these research and development programs are being used against the American people in open society, in a city that's, that's beautiful and has got great people, and it's being used to develop um, military technology, uh, for lack of a better term. And so, at the, but the, so that would be highly compartmentalized, and it would be a small sector of the government. But the fact that local and state police, that the mental health boards, of states that are involved, um, of the sheriff's departments, of people that are involved in this, of of counties that are involved, the fact that the FBI will not investigate it, the fact that the the Department of Homeland Security uh, is involved in it, the fact that major corporations are involved in it, the fact that uh, private security companies all over the country are involved in it. um, This is mind-blowing to me. It's, It's something that... I don't think you know we've ever dealt with before as a country in terms of a program that involves this many aspects of our power structure, both national and local, and is being used to prey on and uh, terrorize and torture and experiment on the American people. I mean, this is completely out of control. And as a result, I think uh, we have to lean towards more people knowing about it than not. Um, and as this is a major problem with the program is something that is overwhelming uh, and it it would seem to indicate that we have no hope, we have no chance of defeating it, I would just suggest and put forward that maybe it's the one thing that is actually going to help us out and be able to do something about it because there's no way that you can keep this covered up for very long when this many people are involved and know about it. There's absolutely no way to maintain um, operational security in terms of this operation because way too many people know about it. And so I think what what's, we're probably dealing with in terms of declassifying it and getting it well-known is that people within the different sectors of it need to come out and blow the whistle. So people within the mental health um, aspect of it need to come out and testify. People local, uh, local and state law enforcement need to testify. People within the FBI and DHS, Department of Homeland Security, need to do the same. And as we begin to have more whistleblowers and more open discussion about this, I think it's going to be harder for them to cover it up specifically because it's so massive that there's just – I don't see any way to to make sure these people shut up and, and stay quiet forever.
2: All right. Again, that's really great information. I'm going to come to Michigan. You're next. Hi, East Michigan.
23: Thank you. Um, yeah, this is really an informative and uh, very stimulating interview, and I particularly thank you for um, speaking about the um, the cameras and the eyes. as something I'm concerned about. Um, um, I also, I, don't, I didn't hear you mention NASA. I had met someone who, had told me that he was actually a, um, a, a volunteer for, for NASA um, to do experimentation on his eyes um, for cameras, and I didn't know if you'd ever heard of that um, or not.
3: Wow. That, no, I have not. Um, that is very interesting to me. I had not heard about that before. Um, in fact, yeah, if you have any information, you could send me. I would, I would love to learn more. You can contact me, gangstalkawards.com. Uh, but that's interesting because I have not heard of NASA yet. I I have some ancillary things that are connected to certain parts of the program, but nothing specific. So thank you.
23: Yeah, yeah, that's um interesting to me too. And I can try to get, you get that information and maybe get you in contact with that person also.
3: That would so, be great. Um, yeah, thank you.
23: Okay, and then um like another question too is. Um, do you, I don't know if the community has any anybody in the capacity of um, computer engineers or computer scientists. Um, have you thought about, or are you working with anybody in that capacity to um, to help reverse engineer this information? Because I think that that might be an appropriate thing. Um, get, utilizing the tech um, the tech aspect along, like with um, medical people, you know, to kind of you know reverse engineer, figure figure this garbage out.
3: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, thank you. That's a great thought. I think, um, I think it's a logical way to approach it is to, to figure out how the technology works and then understand uh, where those aspects of the technology would, would be utilized within the command and control structure of our country and then how it's used on the national and local level. So um, anybody with any expertise, and thanks for bringing it up because I want to reiterate it. Anyone that can give me any help in understanding the technical aspects, I would love to know because what I'm dealing with, of course, is a highly advanced state-of-the-art technology that is currently classified, and therefore, it's very hard to get a beat on the specifics of how it works. I can offer general um, outlines as to the concepts. I'm dealing more with theory here, uh, as opposed to uh, practical applications, but the theory uh, is sound and the theory does work, and and anyone that could fill in the, the more practical applications and the details of how it works would be really useful, and I think be a great help uh, to the community.
23: And one last thing, if I may, um, um, I have heard of an annual event. Um, I don't know where it's located. I don't know if it's in Las Vegas or or where it is, um, but where they have – it's corporately sponsored um, by tech companies. Um, I think even automotive companies. I think Honda is actually one of the sponsors, but they're utilizing students, and they are actually making um, robots, um, robotic-type They look like human beings, but they're robotic. They walk up and down stairs and such things like that. And from my personal perspective, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is just the way, you know, I see it is I think with all the supercomputers where they're capturing all of our thoughts and, you know, humanity's um, basic soul, you know, on, on these computer mainframes and whatever it is that they're utilizing that, you know, they want so much to to know about how our brains, you know, and our reactions um, to everything, you know, from, on a broad level of just basic humanity, how everything works. And from my perspective, I think what they want to do is utilize that information and make, make a, a software program to put into these type of um, robotic things that look like they're humans to, you know, uh, my question, you know, what do you think? Are they going to continue with this depopulation and then replace us for, um, you know, with um, future in the future, um, these so-called low maintenance laborers? They're actually robotics, but to get them to, you know, be as flexible and and critically thinking as human beings are, and you know, and then to supply that software programmed, um, you know, to think inside of a, a, basically a transhuman robotic, you know, robot.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. You just hit the nail on the head. Um, that was a brilliant, brilliant point, And thank you so much for sharing it. I agree with you 100%. Um, on everything you just said. I'm not sure what the plans for the future are in in terms of depopulation, although I think we've all heard uh, in general that that is a concept that's supported by many of the people who are in power in our country and in the world. But I agree 100%. In fact, the very nature of the research and development program that is going on in Seattle, Washington, and I think uh, by extension what's being done to TIs around the country is very... um, is very largely geared towards the monitoring of human beings for the specific purpose of recording every aspect of human existence to monitor our thoughts and to monitor our emotions and our feelings. You know, often the question came up in my mind: What exactly are they doing to these homeless people? What exactly is it that's so interesting about the homeless people? I, I understand that they're experimenting with the technology to develop the technology more and more and more. And they're using them as human test subjects, and, and uh, they call them lab rats. It's, it's a very derogatory attitude towards them. But what, you know, what is it that they're actually getting out of this other than the technology itself? Because once it's developed, and I'm sorry to say, because I'm a target, it's developed to such a high point right now, to such an, ex- an advanced state. I mean, they really do have this thing fine-tuned to a, to a very scary level. And I'm not sure how much more they can do with the technology itself. I think it's already maxed out to a large degree, because any more manipulation of a person, and they're just going to be total robots, and they're going to be able to kill them. So what are they doing? Well, they are, I think, monitoring and recording the human experience, and I think they are indeed storing it on computers. I think they have massive supercomputers where they are literally just seeing what it's like for someone to eat a sandwich, what it's like uh, the emotional response and the the brain activity when someone is insulted, when someone uh, gets love, when someone interacts with someone, all of these different aspects of the human experience. So that my original thought was that they are using it to be able to program the technology itself, the frequency weapons that are being used on people to be able to mimic whatever emotion or experience uh, they want to and do it accurately. And the only way they would be able to record how to accurately mimic uh, these you know, aspects of human existence is to have previously recorded them. And then they fine-tune the technology to make sure they can mimic it perfectly and get human beings to act that way by controlling them what you suggest is even more interesting to me and could be a, another aspect of this, that they could use it to inform computer software that is used on robots, that is used on computers themselves to make them as, as human-like as possible. Um, I agree 100%. It's a brilliant thought, and, and thank you very very much for sharing it.
2: Thanks for your response. But I've been just kind of after they ask the question, I mute them, so... That way we can get to all the other people as well. I'm going to jump down just a couple um, to get to Tomo, and I'll backtrack. So hold on just a moment. This is one of our great activists in the state of California.
1: Hi, Tomo. Oh, thanks, Ella. Um, Yeah, I have a few questions. Uh, One is that, is it possible to write an affidavit um, explaining your background in security company and what you witnessed, how you witnessed, when you witnessed in a very uh, specific way um, and make it uh, available online, like uh, available to the public so any person who files a complaint on of, of this, you know, about organized torture and um, organized by gang stalking would have a kind of credible um, evidence that it, at least proves that, that the existence, uh, well, this kind of, uh, and how it's done, by whom it's done.
3: Yes, thank you. That is something that's, that's a great idea and I appreciate your suggestion. That's something that's been brought up before. I am currently uh, seeking legal advice on that because I might pursue legal action of my own in terms of class action lawsuits. Because I am a whistleblower from the inside, there are different laws governing that. But if I get the hope to be uh, go ahead to do it, I will make that publicly available. Um, what I've been told personally that I may have to do it on a case by case basis until I figure out my own situation. But I would definitely want to support anybody I can in any legal action and, and give them a credible witness to use uh, in in terms of going to court. So absolutely, I will get on that as soon as possible.
1: Yeah, or even to the expert witness, and that way you will be paid too, so that will help to, I think, both um, uh, community too. But um, yeah, are you willing to be a expert witness
3: Oh yes, yes, sorry I missed that part absolutely oh. I would. Um please yeah contact me and um I would definitely be willing to do that.
1: Yeah. Oh I see. And um another question is uh, um how the um uh what would be give, given that you know how the system works uh what what can a TI do to possibly ev- evade the uh, torture? Like, for example, you mentioned that the um, this kind of uh, operation is often rampant in urban cities. How about like moving to a rural area and so forth? Um, is there any, uh, well, this is just a temporary thing TI can do just to uh, evade the o- organized torture. But um, do you know there are some some kind of like, uh, I would say, a pulse within the system that TI can use in a way? to at least for now to um yeah but uh, evade, evade at least uh yeah um yeah torture basically
3: great question i can give you the knowledge i do have on that um it's a double-edged sword i would i've heard from people that say moving to rural areas is the way to go Um, Unfortunately, as far as I'm aware, there's no way to evade the signal. There's no way to get away from it completely. You can go out into the woods, you can go out in the mountains, and they can still get the signal to you. At least the most advanced uh, versions of the technology can reach you anywhere. And that makes you question, of course, how they're actually doing it. Is it going through cell phone towers? Is it going through antennas? Uh, is it going coming from satellites? Because how are they reaching people in rural areas? So these are all questions that we have to, I think, uh, research together and try to find answers to. The advantage of being in a rural area by yourself, of course, is you don't have to deal with the gang stalkers as much. It's much more difficult for them to get people around you if you are out in rural areas. Um, the other thing I've heard, though, is if you get into small towns, small towns are, are – um tight knit communities. People know the sheriff, they know the, the police officer. And if you're going to be a targeted individual, sometimes it's worse to be in a small town because everybody knows each other and uh you have less options in terms of making friends. So unfortunately I don't think there is any one size fits all or really any good advice at all. Uh what I would suggest you do is get as educated as you can on shielding in terms of the signal so you get relief when you need it. Uh and then just Work as hard as you can to make as many contacts as you can with other people. I think the way to get around the gang stalking is to fight the isolation and fight it hard. And, you know, if they're going to ruin every friendship you have with people, just keep making new friendships. And and they're going to have to stay busy around the clock to keep up with you. And I think that that's the best way to do it. Um, So, you know, in that respect, the city might be better because there's more people. Um, Wish I could be more uh, certain on that, but that's what I got right now.
2: Thank you for answering her question. Okay, so now I'm going to come back up to Colorado. Hi, Colorado.
24: Hi, Ella. Hi, Katie. Hey, I just wanted to quickly touch on that Cuba story. I'm going to send you an email tomorrow of uh, a story from the New York Times on that, and it also made the cable news over the weekend. Uh, I just want to leave it at that, but I'll send you a link to the New York Times article tomorrow. Um, thank
15: you. That would be great.
24: Thank you so much for uh, all of your wisdom you've shared with us here tonight. I think you've been the most valuable caller I've heard on here so far. And uh, your courage is tremendous. Um, for one thing, I just want to say take care of yourself because I would worry about your well-being if you're willing to uh, testify as a legal expert. I'd worry about your... Uh, I I
13: agree,
24: yeah. A question for you. Um, I've been experiencing, you know, through the eyes, through the ears, but for me, it's more the thoughts, you know. That's how I know, you know, as I'm walking through the supermarket, oh, did you see how that person looked at you? And I didn't hear you talk as much about the reading of the thoughts. And just wondering if you have any thought you know any commentary on that because i get this synthetic telepathy where i get this instantaneous feedback on every thought i have and everything i see it lets me know that okay i've seen that
3: yes absolutely that's a great point uh thanks for bringing it up that is i think the most uh intimate aspect of this technology and i think it it uh, symbolizes the greatest violation of our our um, sovereignty as individuals it is it's not only because what they do they see through your eyes and they'll say oh look at her you know look at him look at that person look at that person they and they will provide commentary uh real time up to date uh spur-of-the-moment commentary on every single thing you're looking at and it it you can understand how horrible this is to live under this but it extends as you said to every thought you have every single thought you have they will comment on it every single thought you have that they will have a thought of their own that they uh put in your head uh and it's it's tremendously invasive it's very very difficult to exist under that type of a back and forth with which uh with what is ultimately a machine with a technology it's very very sophisticated and One of the things I'd be interested in, of course, is is how they're doing that. And and what they're doing is using a very, very sophisticated, very, very powerful supercomputer to be able to interact with you on on that kind of a level. Um, There are people I'm aware of that sit at computers with microphones and actually speak to the target in terms of the voice to skull. But what you're talking about, this synthetic telepathy aspect uh, is extremely invasive, and and that's what happens to me. They will they will comment on every thought I have. They'll comment on everything I see and everything I read. Everybody I look at, everything I look at, they'll have some sort of a running commentary on it, and it is highly highly annoying. It is something that I just you know you want it to stop so bad, and it, it just will not stop, and it's it's so aggravating to live live with, and that's why I try to you know uh, keep going with my own thoughts and don't give them the chance to. To uh, slip anything in there, but it's very, very difficult, and I know how hard it is to live with. So it's why we got to get this stopped because it, it, you know, a future where this is the norm is a very, very scary place to think about living.
2: Thank you. Okay, I'm going to come up and I'm going to unmute cacti. I'm going to go back to a couple people that are up at the top again. How are you hanging in there? Because I know I'm getting fade, I'm fading a little bit, but I want to see how you're doing and check in with you, Brian.
3: Yeah, thanks for asking. I'm, I'm doing well, um, but my phone is about to die. Unfortunately, my charger is broken, so I think I'm down to about 4%. So if I do get disconnected, that's what happened.
8: Okay, we'll just go till then. Okay, Cacti, go for it. All right. Hey, Brian. All right, so I got a quick question for you. Um, I'm more interested in, I guess, your training program. Um, I want to know, have you seen any kind of paperwork and what you need to do, any kind of like PowerPoint presentation? How did you know all this information? or What was your training procedure and how to do what you're doing, I guess?
3: Absolutely. And you're talking, of course, of uh, my security training with SIS. Um, Correct. Thank you. Yeah, the the training is uh, graduated as you move up. Uh, what you'll do when you first go there, there is a brief orientation, a two-week or, uh, training program that deals with the very basics of security protocol, uh, SIS company policy, you go through uh, basic medical training, CPR, uh, stuff like that. You, this is done in a group setting. Um, there is a usually a group of people that go through orientation together. I had uh, teammates that I was working with throughout the training process. Then you're usually assigned with one or two of them in your first assignment. Along with that, there's a comprehensive online training program that you are required to complete before, uh, well, muster visits before you're hired, and then it's ongoing while you are hired. And that is all housed on the SIS website. They have a section there called Backstage. Uh, You get that when you're an employee. They'll give you a password to access that, and then you do the training on your own through there. Um, that that covers the what I would call the legitimate aspects of the business. That will get you right on up through executive protection, uh, surveillance encounter, surveillance uh, risk and threat assessment, everything that you do, protocols and procedures, how to interact with clients, how to interact with potential threats. There's a whole uh, list of uh, procedures and protocols you have to go through in terms of knowing when to take action, when to report it to a supervisor, stuff like this. All of that is very much on the computer, and it's done um, through paperwork. When you start to deal with the aspects that are highly illegal, under, highly illegal, there is understandably uh, a lack of documentation that I had access to, and I'm, I'm fairly certain not many people did. I do have documentation, however, that proves aspects of the illegal part of this program, and that is stuff that I have been careful to back up. And at this point, I'm not going to release them to the public because of pending legal action. But um, it is, it is of course, educational to understand that they do take steps to cover up the parts of the program that they know very well are legal. So um, it is very much a, a word of mouth and then a a situation because of that where an insider has to come out and testify directly to what they know because that's the only way anyone's ever going to hear about what's going on behind the scenes.
8: Okay. So as far is there any written documentation stating that they're experimenting on homeless people?
5: Yeah, well, there is what I would call um, what I would call evidence. I'm, I'm not sure how that would be interpreted legally to The ponderance of the evidence, of course, would be the finding of this technology and then the uh, actual documentation, of course, would be on the computers of SIS. It would be on the computers of Amazon. And I mentioned before how some of the databases for the DNA, for example, are among the most highly secured um, information in terms of security. They are guarded like nuclear uh, launch codes in terms of getting access to them. So that's where the evidence would be directly stored. It's on the computers of all the companies involved. And um, you know, absence an active cod or a warrant, um, I don't think anyone's ever going to get access to that. But what I can tell you is that you can go to Seattle right now, and you can knock on the door of B E S C. You can go to S I S. You can go to Amazon. You can have citizen journalists. You can have private security uh, contractors begin to look into this. We can then have, of course, F B I uh Southern Homeland Security, local and state police begin to look into it as well. Uh, what I'm giving you is exactly where to look to find the information to throw this program wide open and get all the evidence you need uh, to understand exactly what's going on and get it shut down. And, and as a result, it's to release the CIs all over the country because this information will lead to the national program and how CIs are being targeted all over America. All right. All um-
8: right. Yeah,
11: I guess oh, sorry about that. Go ahead.
8: Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe one more. Um, so what what do you think would be the best way of pe- people being able to get this information um as far as maybe getting someone to become part of a CIS kind of uh security protocol and doing screenshots or I mean is there any way that you think it might be the easiest? Because 'cause I'm a big believer in you know, you want to get the information from the horse's mouth. So, you know, you want to get, you know, the information from the people who are actually doing this stuff. So I'm, I'm just wondering, what do you think would be the best way of doing that?
3: Absolutely. Well, you got me and you do have other people that are working in aspects of this program all over the country. And I am aware that there are people behind the scenes that are leaking information. But I understand what you're saying. You want, you want something in your hand. You want something that is, you know, beyond, um, you know, all doubt and will... slam dunk, that's the end of it. This is what's going on, and this is who's doing it. Uh, The problem with that, of course, is that we're dealing with a highly classified program. This is, you know, let's not forget, this is a highly classified research and development program that's run by the federal government of the United States of America. We're dealing with state secrets here. We're dealing with stuff that... Uh, ultimately, the stuff you want to get and the stuff I obviously want to get is stuff that Russia wants to get. It's stuff that the European Union would love to get. It's stuff that enemies uh, would love to get in terms of the specifics and the computers and exactly um, who and how and the specifics on the technology. I mean, these are highly, highly classified uh, state secrets, for lack of a better term. And that is why my first course of action was to go to the fbi and dhs and the justice department and try to get this investigated through the proper channels because i understand the sensitivity of this information um you know i'm, I'm just a security specialist who worked for a security company i know a bunch of people in military intelligence and i realized what was going on and i, I knew i had to do something to stop it and i know i have friends on the other side of Uh, you know, backstage on this thing behind the curtain that sympathize with my cause. And so I can tell you, because it is so hard to get to the information you and I want to get to, um, there is not many ways to fight this thing. And I can tell you that the reason I did what I did uh, is because this is one of the ways to fight this thing. This is exactly... the thinking, this is exactly the type of action that's needed to get to the information that you mentioned and that we all want to get to. That's exactly why I did what I did, and there are people behind the scenes that um, are supporting me and doing it, and, and they are there to um, do what they need to do uh, when the time comes, and, and it's already in motion. They're doing it now. So uh, we're, teamwork is the way we're going to get it, and um, we just need to keep spreading the word and, and making this public Information once we do that, once we get enough people that understand what's going on and that it's real, then the people behind the scenes have the uh freedom to do what they need to do to ultimately get this shut down.
2: Well, thanks for answering his questions. um The last person I think I think we're just going to do the one last question here for Linda Costanzo. She's a moderator. Hold on just a second I.
11: Hi. Hi, Linda.
2: Hello, Ella. How you doing, honey?
17: Being in call. there. Long call. Yeah, long call. Brian, how are you? Thank you. I'm how doing good.
3: well. How are you doing?
17: Good. I'm okay, Brian. I don't know if this matters or not, but I figure I'll just throw this out there. Uh my brother in law is a principal in a company that is a government contractor and did and he was in charge of writing software for the dues that were used in Iraq and I assume are still being used over here. I just thought maybe I'd give you his name and his company, and you could contact him. I don't know that you'd want to. I don't know that he'd respond. I've, I've contacted him three times to tell me, since he knows what, what the damage is done, maybe he could tell me what the shielding is I should use. He has not responded, but maybe he would respond to somebody else. You think?
3: Absolutely. I would love uh, to try to speak cool. with him. Yeah, directed cool. energy weapons are exactly what I need to know. So, uh, yeah, I would love that information. Thank you.
17: Okay. How can I get it to you?
3: The uh, best way would be through my website, com. It's okay. gangstalker, not gangstalking.
22: Okay. Um, and and then I there's
3: can... a contact page.
17: Yeah, okay. Okay. I'm also on Facebook, and my name is Linda Costanzo, C-O-S. T-A-N-Z-O, if you wanted to send me a friend request, I can respond with his name and company and all that good stuff. And, and, and feel free to investigate his company. James Lyko, a member of our community, helped me walk through it. And they, they are high-level high security and all that good stuff. I'm just hoping maybe he'll break open for somebody who knows what they're talking about as opposed to me. Does that make sense?
3: Absolutely, that makes perfect sense, and thank you. That's uh-huh. the people we need to get together to, to be able to fight this thing. So I will definitely, I'll hit you up on Facebook, thank and you. I look forward to it.
2: Great. Okay, Thanks. Okay, let's see if we can get, we'll see if your phone can take in a couple more. I'm really trying to get to everybody. Um, I really am. Let's see. Okay, I'm going to come to the bottom of the board here. Let me get to, yeah, let me go to the bottom. California. Hi, California. I think you're the last question.
11: Well, that didn't work. Let me try Oregon. Oregon will be the last question. Hi, Oregon. Uh-huh.
16: Hi, Ella. Hi, hi. Hey. <laughs> thank thank you for uh for letting me speak. Hi, uh, Brian. Uh, th- uh, thank you so very much for your uh for your coming out and uh with really the valuable information which validates a lot of what we've all said. And um I I wanna I wanna ask you something. You were talking about um uh, uh, uh what well someone was someone was stating and asked a question at the same time about about hybrids um, you know robotic uh, human beings uh, cybernetic human beings um, in the future and um, I was uh, and how how they're pretty much uh, uh gathering uh, data from all of us and how to what to program into these uh cybernetic um robots and um I was thinking that relationships between people we, we, we were talking about isolation a lot you know you mentioned that quite a bit about isolating everybody but I would think in order to have these these um these transhumanists walking around and having their lives like 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 us humans do, they would have to be in relationships and uh, and um, and also procreate, and so so they would have to so so these the powers that be um, would have to know the scientists would have to know how people. Uh, Interact with each other, how they relate to each other, and so, uh, so they probably want to know how people have uh, how they behave in relationships, particularly when they know they're being surveilled, particularly when they know they have zero privacy, particularly when maybe the other part. Uh, partner doesn't know anything about what's going on, and particularly when both people know what's going on. It would probably be very interesting for these um, uh, for these uh, uh, monsters to, to know all that, don't you think?
0: Brilliant
3: point. Absolutely. You are uh, 100% spot on with that. I agree. And in fact, one of the sources of my frustration with my employer when I still worked there was... You know I am my specialty is human intelligence i mean that 's what i do it 's human security work that 's based on interpersonal relationships between human beings that 's my specialty that 's what I did as a security specialist and you are absolutely right that this entire program of isolation against targeted individuals seems to be counterproductive to getting useful information that could inform software programs uh, robotics hybrids like you mentioned um, because this is stuff that's very, very valuable just for regular intelligence work to contingency and game plan out into the future the possibilities that could branch off from any number of, of variables and, and interactions, any number of scenarios involving business or nations or intelligence or the military, human relationships. And so that is specifically the stuff I think that they would be interested in, to be able to understand and predict human behavior going forward so that they can have a very good idea of what's going to happen before it happens. And I agree 100% with you that that is the most um, valuable, maybe, aspect of this technology, not only for robotics, um, you know, the robotics and the hybrids. I I am aware of uh, DARPA subnets as a program. People can look that up, um, research along the same lines, but that's, exactly um, the stuff that would be valuable to them. So how does the isolation play into that? Well, I do know that targeted individuals are targeted because they're TIs because they know they're targeted. And so perhaps that's one aspect of the program that's used to develop the gang stalking and the technology to a certain aspect. It also deals with people who are isolated, conflict maybe between human beings. Um, But there are also people, as I mentioned, that are having this uh, technology used on them. They're unaware that they're having this technology used on them. Uh, I am specifically aware, of course, of the general population of Seattle, Uh, Queen Anne in particular, an affluent suburb where people are under the influence of this technology without knowing it. And one of my concerns is that people are being monitored by this program without knowing that they're TIs, without getting the full TI program run against them. And uh, that might be where these interpersonal relationships between people are being studied very meticulously and very scientifically by some very serious people are using it to inform software programs that predict the future and uh, also inform software programs that could be used in things like robotics uh, also to inform this technology to be able to mimic uh, human relationships, uh, feelings and emotions and, and thinking patterns, perfectly it's a it's a brilliant point and i agree i think that's exactly what they're doing with it
2: well i guess we can conclude the interview at this point so i just wanted to say i hope you know well number one thank you from me and thank you from the community i'm sure i'm sure everyone feels that way you've uh, it's been a very important interview there was quite a few people listening so i know everyone's very appreciative that you took the time to give such an extended interview and um yeah thank you Appreciate
3: it. Thank you, Ella. Thank you very much to everybody. I really appreciate all your support.
2: And do you want to go ahead and give your website and some of your other information one last time before we hang up?
3: That would be great. Thank you very much. I'm, yeah, I'm not good at this yet, so thanks for reminding me. My website is gangstalkerwars.com. I also have a podcast, Gang Wars. Um, I have been rendered homeless by the targeting efforts against me. There is a donation button there if anybody can help me out. Especially in the uh, short term, it would be a huge help. Uh, thank you so much for your support, and uh, I look forward to hearing from all of you. Uh, if you said you're going to contact me, I'll get back to you, and let's do the best we can to fight back against this thing.
2: Thank you. Okay, guys, I'm going to go ahead and end the recording. Take care, everybody.
11: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's
9: the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
18: Lucky?